magic and maybe mutants. It's Marvel versus Marvel, the podcast where someone who's never read a Marvel comic before in his life, in his 30 plus years, sits down and rewatches a Marvel movie, TV show, Marvel property, and then uses all his questions to quiz a veritable Marvel expert, someone who's been reading comic books for 30 years. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of that MVM cast Marvel versus Marvel. It's a very special deep dive this week. Mm. You're listening to the dulcet tones of Rob Holden. I'm not just a comedian, I'm not just a writer, I'm the Marvel expert on the show, but I am genuinely inconsequential to the process. The man that drives the engine is right here looking at me through the old webcam. It's powered by ignorance, Will Preston. Yep, I got my Ignacam on, however you could call that. <laughs> ignorance the Ignacam. Ignacam. Um, we've had some great feedback from the last episode, mainly my new nickname for Will, the, the muggle of the, of the podcast, Mr. Muggle Vader. Lots of people <laughs> <laughs> remember Mr. Motivator, and then lots of Americans have no idea what we're talking about. He's still going, though. He's still going. Uh, at one stage, I was selling humorous content to a number of websites. Mm. Uh, you can uh, hire me for all that kind of stuff. Just head to robholden.com if you want to hire me. Um, and uh, what, I, I was doing this joke about Mr. Motivator that really fit in with this uh, you know, tech SME that I was working for. And just before I uh, I submitted it or hit send, I thought, I'm just going to go online and check that Mr. Motivator isn't, you know, a proper wrong gun. <laughs> Not that I'd heard anything, because of course I hadn't. But and he's absolutely fine, folks. He's fine. Yeah. But if you're, if you're, well, probably any 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 nation, but British and of a certain age, something starts to happen to everyone you grew up with, where it turns out that they all need to go to court <laughs> for things that they've done over the years. So yes, I'm very pleased that Mr. Motivator isn't a nonce. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Um, and this is this is a different episode. <laughs> this is going to be a very uh, 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 our first our first special look, our first deeper dive. That's mm. what we're calling it, the deeper dive. Because man, listen, if you're in the Marvel bubble, if you're online anywhere, it's impossible to ignore and to get away from the fact that everyone, and I mean everyone, is talking about one division. Mm-hmm. And we are not willows, Will. No, we do not bend in the breeze. <laughs> we do not. We do not go where, where the prevalent wind is blowing. But at the same time, we just had a thought. Like everyone's talking about it. Everyone's got questions. We get because of who we are mm. and the show we do. We get bombarded with questions. It's going to be so long in our journey, not so long, but it, we're not there yet. We're nowhere near. We haven't yeah. done, we haven't touched phase three yet. We can't do and drop a one division, you know, episode. Um, it just be, it just be out of out of out of our time and out of context. How do we get there? How do we do that? How do we achieve that? And what we did realize is that we're planning this year deeper dives on specific characters in the MCU, and you know what. We didn't go hard and deep on Wonder and Vision during our Age of Ultron episode, did we? I mean... No, 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 we didn't. Th- th- there's so much going on in that episode that w- w- we... 
I mean, it's obviously it's a definitive word on that movie, but there's so much more we could have done with these, with particularly with these two characters that have such rich history. And now we're getting all the questions. We thought this is the perfect time to introduce our deeper dive series. Do the first episode of that. Let's focus on Wonder and Vision. We're going to use Phase Two because that's all we've seen of them so far on the MVM journey. We're going to use that to to to, uh, to explore how they are in the MCU, and then we're going to spiral out with that. We've we've taken all the questions that Will has about WandaVision because here's the rub, here's the settle. Will is watching WandaVision as he goes along. Mm. Rob has not seen a single episode. Yeah. So we're really we're really hoping to keep maintain that separation of church and state. To help us try and keep this as spoiler light as possible, I cannot possibly spoil the show because I have not seen it. But Will has got tons of questions for me about the comic books, as in, does this happen? Does that happen? Does this have any significance? You know, so that's what we're going to be answering once we've uh, once we've done our deeper dive. Yeah, we've got some very. I got some carefully worded questions, shall we say? So and we've got some yeah. from the public as well. Yeah. So here's the thing. Are there going to be spoilers in this episode? It depends on your definition of spoilers, right? <laughs> um certainly the first the deeper dive as we go into the history the comic book history of Wanda, the comic book history of Vision and then we we re-explore them in Age of Ultron. Phase two, uh, and and we we do what we do best here, which is will analyze and contextualize iconic moments of pop culture history in Americana. Yes, um, that's all going to be spoiler free, right? Um, so if you haven't seen One Division, you can get on board with all of that. Then we're going to come to these questions, and we've worded these questions very carefully, but still, let's say for instance, one of the questions is, what is the significance of a great big oak tree? then you as a listener will know that a great big oak tree features in WandaVision. It doesn't, I made that up. But if you consider that a spoiler, if you consider being hint- things being hinted at like that, then then yeah, there will be spoilers ahead, me hearties. But I think we, we, we put something together really special here, really unique in the way that we are going to be using the comic books because I don't possibly have the answers, but I know from 30 years of reading about Wonder and Vision, I can illuminate you. And I think some of these answers are going to get ideas bubbling in your heads and maybe help you answer some of your own questions. How does that sound, Will? I, I, I think it sounds, uh, well, spoil, mostly spoiler-free. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a decent legal <laughs> disclaimer that we've slapped on the start um, of this episode and man there is a lot to get through mm. um we're, we're going to be dealing with the uh three four five different origins of wanda oh we're going to be wow. dealing with the uh two different origins three different origins of vision um we're going to be dealing with marriages births deaths um we're going to be uh really seeing what stanley thought of introducing another uh, Joe Simon Jack Kirby character to the Avengers. It wasn't happy with it. Um and we're going to be chatting about which writer kind of gave Wanda her first voice 
in comic books and mm-hmm. turned her from a sideline damsel in distress character into something a lot more. There is tons and tons to get through. There are demons. There is magic. There is um, all sorts coming up, including uh, a bloke from Manchester who turned himself into a god. It's a big one on that cast. And speaking of big ones, Willie P. Uh, What have you been doing on Twitch in the last couple of weeks since we saw you last? Well, I've been uh, having a fun time with Kerbal Space Program, uh, as usual. Getting a lot more viewers as well. I seem to be hitting, found a game that's popular for some reason. Uh, and it's good. People are giving me advice. I'm getting better at my space program. I got a second piece of my moon base connected to the first bit. Sounds boring. Hey! Actually, incredibly hard to do and involved in a lot of crashes and restarting. But yeah, I, I got that. I got. I then got a buggy next to the moon base, this big old moon buggy. And it turns out that... Uh, you got to be very careful when driving on the moon because there's low reduced gravity and you can accidentally tip yourself over very easily. Uh, sounds boring, but hey. It's Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Is it Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2, we get astronaut John Jameson, don't we? Astronaut John he's, Jameson, yes. He's, he's, they kind of laugh about it. In, in, they've got this, like, pressed, this lovely, like, PR dinner for him. And it's like... The first astronaut to play football on the moon. And like, how <laughs> how on earth did he achieve that? Was there a full team of them up there? It can what be done. With the ball. It's it, always stuck out to me. It can be done. It can be done. I mean, if they're saying soccer, then you can't really, because if you kick the ball too hard, it will fly away. Or possibly, if you really, if you'd like David Beckham, it will go into orbit. But if you're playing American football on the moon, you're basically playing very slow rugby. That's what will happen. Also, another <laughs> game. I know oh, it is. I, I had another VR experience thing on my little VR thing uh, where you actually do the Apollo 11 landing. I love space stuff. I'm mad for it. But um, you act. It's you like actually, he's eight. You, it's there. like he's eight years old, folks. It's I, lovely, isn't it? Do you like trains as well? Dinosaurs. I I I reinstalled Transport Tycoon several times so I could set up there trains. We go. Uh, there it is. I, I I love it. I love systems. I love systems and logic. It it, it, it plays it, it, alongside fun. But I was in this uh, VR experience where you're basically listening to Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin talk as they're doing it, the actual recordings from the landing, and you're actually living them. And they describe the surface of the moon is very powdery. The actual surface. Mm-hmm. So imagine playing rugby or American football with lower gravity On a and the ground is powdered. Substance. Yeah, mad. So if you want to watch Will build a base very slowly on the moon, how do we do that, Will? Where do we find you on Twitch? You can find me at twitch.tv slash willpreston87. Give me a follow. It's all about chatting with me while I'm playing live. You can watch me or listen to me in the background while doing something else. Every now and again, pitch in, and I'll talk you through how I'm also setting up a satellite around Mercury. How often do you do that Twitch thing that you do so well? Well, I'm so glad you asked me that question. I do it Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, 6pm UK time. Also, uh, actually, no, 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 no. There's no point in mentioning it by the time this goes out, because this... <laughs> I, can't take... I want to know. I want to know now. I want okay. to know. Okay. Well, tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday. Uh, no, this... no, it's not. <laughs> not when they hear this. <laughs> They're not going to hear this. Then sorry. Anyway, no. I, I I recently celebrated my birthday, and I'm I'm doing a uh, birthday stream 
where I'm going to be breaking sobriety and trying to land things while drinking Prosecco. Well, uh, patrons, uh, patrons will get this uh, Friday morning, 8 a.m. So if you're listening to this in the Friday morning, <laughs> then you could still have the chance to join Will for his birthday. What time are you firing it? You're firing it at the same time. Six, 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 six on the GMT. 6 p.m. Going to have a nice champagne flute to make it look fancy. Uh, pour Prosecco and basically do that, do my usual thing, but uh, a little bit inebriated. We do have a wonderful selection of our fantastic subscribers on Patreon who get uh, the, the, these episodes um, early access to them on the Friday instead of having to wait all the way to the Monday. And I know for a fact there's, there's about 12 that, that um, listen on their Friday morning shift at work. Um, so you may well be get some of the uh, some of the patrons watching you get drunk later on. Uh, <laughs> later on. So let's take then a dive behind the page with Wanda and with Vision, the Age of Ultron episode. We spent a little bit more time talking about Roy Thomas, the writer who introduced them. We spent a bit of time talking about the storyline that has the namesake Age of Ultron, but has nothing to do with it. And so, you know, we didn't we didn't get to really uh, dig in deep, which is what this deeper dive is all about will um <laughs> so wonder wonder maximoff as she is known introduced with uh, pietro in 1964 introduces a villain in the x-men comic uh, kind of how she's introduced in, in in age of ultron in phase two she's introduced as a villain but but it was it was x-men based um with wonder to begin with wonder and her, and her brother were persecuted mutants saved from a violent mob by magneto because they kind of like felt they owed him their lives, they rather reluctantly became part of his brotherhood of evil mutants and and you know joined the team and made numerous attacks on on the X Men. But but throughout mm. it, there was always them having side conversations about how they had to do it because they owe Magneto. They didn't, <laughs> it's not exactly like it's not exactly like they felt um, particularly guilty or particularly like. Um, but I love humans, and this is wrong. It was more that they didn't like kind of being under someone else's thumb. Ah, oh. like there was there was kind of a good element there uh, that it felt like you know because you weren't sure about them. It was either that they didn't want to do this at all, or that maybe they wanted to run the show rather than you know let Magneto run the show. Hmm. So, and also in this role, Wonder is is. Oh, constantly suffering lecherous attention from all of the men in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Toad, Mastermind, even Magneto. Um, and her brother is this uh, short-fused, quick-tempered, super-protective guy who is constantly punching someone's lights out for looking <laughs> at his sister the wrong way. Um, and that's kind of the dynamic when they're in the Brotherhood. Uh, once Magneto gets um, teleported into space to live with an old man called the Stranger, oh, don't have time. Um, <laughs> the old the, man called, us, called the, the Stranger. <laughs> yeah, just, just teleports Magneto to live with him in space. The the Brotherhood <laughs> of Your Mutants break up. <laughs> and um, do you not remember us covering that? I do, but the way you phrased it, he's going to live with a strange old man in space in his space bedsit with all this. Yeah, it's pretty much 
That's pretty much what happens, yeah. Space I mean, bed suit! Oh, it's so fancy. certainly it's a space bed suit, yeah. He's wearing a string vest. So, that's where Magneto is. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants break up. And, 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 and it, it, you know, that, that could easily have kind of been the end of Wanda and Pietro. They, they, they would no doubt perhaps have reoccurred as mutant villains for the X-Men over the years, but they might not have ever become any more famous than, like, Toad or Mastermind or Unus the Untouchable. Any of those, those you know, you know very unfamiliar uh, mutant villains. But then Stanley, as he is wont to do in the 60s, has an insane idea to basically split up the Avengers and get rid of all the popular characters like Thor and Iron Man and replace them with Captain America and three supervillains. And bear in mind, Captain America has only just come back into comic books. He's been out for decades. So the Avengers go from being like Marvel's premier popular characters to being Captain America, an Iron Man villain with a bow and arrow, and two X-Men villains. Uh, That's the new Avengers. (laughs) Cap's kooky quartet, as they were called. And... um, they were not popular at all to begin with. This is the beginning of the Avengers changing their lineup every how many years to freshen things up. Um, <laughs> and every time they do it, the fans hate it every mm-hmm. single time. It's like Doctor Who regenerations. Yep, yep. Every time he regenerates or the show changes, fans hate it. And then they'll come around. How dare you change what I hated? I just started to like it. <laughs> I just hundred percent, hundred percent, always. Um, so uh, then, you know, Wanda is part of the Avengers. Um, can't say she really has much to do. Um, female characters at the time are written very much. They have to be a love interest. So her her, her role on the team is to create tension and friction mm. because everyone on the team wants to impress her or date her, right? Or save <laughs> yep. her. It is every fear, every outdated fear about women in the military and the police force. Um, (laughs) And it's, you know, it's just so... That's exactly what it is. Like, these new team of Avengers are falling over each other to try and not look weak in front of this, you know, this kind of slightly aloof Eastern European woman who doesn't want to give them the time of day. Um, When when Roy Thomas replaces Stan Lee as, as writer on the Avengers... He decides the book needs a romantic angle, and also because because she's the only female, it has to happen. It's like it's like just all of those outdated ideas and concepts. It's it's like a, it's it's almost impossible for a male writer on a comic book to not have the only female fall in love or do a romantic story with someone. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of it's kind of complicated because you can't have like a relationship between Thor and the Wasp because Thor has his own comic book and his own adventures, and so does Wasp, and those two comics have their own writers who want to be in charge of what Thor and the Wasp do in terms of love interests and ongoing stories. So, kind of purely by virtue of being the only two Avengers that don't have their own comic book at the time, Roy Thomas decides to put together the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. It's 
Pretty much as simple as that. Wow. <laughs> they are the the only two viable options. If you do, you know what I mean by that. So what? what if you by, want to create by cancellation by like oh, they're they're the last two map people that could match. That makes sense. You could match the others, but it would be so hard because you you don't know what's going on in their own comic book series. Right. Okay. And also, Wasp is married or engaged to you know Ant Man. So. The only person that Scarlet Witch could have a, rela- a romantic, you know, story with, without it being needlessly complex from a editor and writer standpoint, is the Vision because he's got nothing else to do. He's just in the Avengers comic, and that's it. So you can have your own story without anyone else getting getting, you know, any other editor or writer getting involved. And that's the reason they are thrown together. Um, okay, I get it. Up until this point, Wanda has been a very limp character, like classic 60s, kind of, I mean, she's got powers, but she's more often than not kidnapped, damsel in distress, like barely a step above the wives and girlfriends of superhero comics that are supporting cast members. Like, she's barely a step above, like, Gwen Stacy or or whatever, in terms of Mm. being able to do anything. That, though, starts to change when Steve... Englehart becomes the new Avengers writer and Steve Englehart is who we have to thank for everything we are about to see really he becomes like you know how in the X-Men episodes I talk about Chris Claremont is the father of the X-Men even though he didn't invent them and create them sometimes that happens it's just how it is with characters that exist over a long period of time Steve Englehart it is kind of the father of Wonder and Vision, certainly together as a couple, even though he didn't put them together. He he was really invested in Wonder and Vision, and he made some decisive changes to Wonder. When he writes her, she becomes a more assertive character. She gains agency, some more agency over her actions, rather than always reacting to what the men are doing. Um, Engelhart removes Pietro, uh, the Quicksilver, from the Avengers, so that Wonder is an entity on her own and not always like trailing along behind the assertive overprotective brother does that make sense yeah 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 that makes sense that makes sense and and so that the the duo can now be wonder and vision rather than wonder quicksilver and you know yeah <laughs> and he also kind of expands her powers by basically focusing on the witch part of her name and having her almost in 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 speech only become an apprentice of witchcraft, she kind of just says it to begin with. But down the line, she starts to get taught magic, um, actual magic, as in Stephen Strange magic, not yes, techno- te- technology uh, d- disguised as magic. No, 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 no. She's not that kind. No, um, and then. Um, Wonder and Vision get their own comic book series, um, and to begin with, it's kind of it's kind of regular. Uh, the first volume is a very regular. I think it's a five issue limited series, but then they get like the the second they get a second series in in the nineteen eighties, a second volume, Vision and the Scarlet Witch. It's written by Steve Englehart, and this really develops their relationship and their life outside the Avengers. This kind of focuses on them living together as a couple, uh, mm. domestic life. They have 
they have neighbors and friends and family they leave the avengers stuff stuff like that um and that is very i can i've only seen the trailer but that is obviously a big influence on 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 the one division yeah. series 1974 a storyline reveals that wanda and pietro are actually the children of two world war 2 superheroes ah. miss america miss america and a super speedster called the Wizard. <laughs> this is the third time we've mentioned the Wizard on the show. It's the third time Will has done that exact thing. That's guy I forget wears... about him, and then suddenly you say his name, and I go, his name sounds like we. <laughs> he wears a, a urine yellow uh, costume. Oh my God, someone has piddled on the Declaration of Independence. Call for the wizard. <laughs> yeah, he only investigates public urination crimes. That's all he's there for. Um, he's kind of like he's kind of like a flash a flash ripoff in the forties, really. Okay. Um, so that was that that was originally revealed to be their parents, and that the Maximoffs adopted them. Right. But this was then changed. A revelation was made that this was not in fact true. Wanda and Pietro were the children of a woman called Magda ah. and her husband, Magneto. <gasps> so Magda scared of her husband. Yeah. And and because he she's just watched him like decimate an angry mob of um humans for some reason. To be Magneto fair, will find a reason. I'd be scared if he came in on the first date wearing a purple cape and a helmet. You know, that would set me up. You off. know, I, I I hear what you're saying. That's not a strong look on fifty first dates. But it but it you know, he wasn't he he was he was dressing down at the time. <laughs> this is pre helmets, pre cloak. Okay, okay. Um so so Magna uh, runs away from Magneto while she's pregnant, she ends up in a village, one of the villages at the at the foot of Vundagore Mountain. Ooh. Vundagore Mountain is important in Marvel because for many, many years it's the home of the High Evolutionary. Okay. The High Evolutionary is not a mutant. Right. He is not mystically powered. He was an ordinary bloke from Manchester, England. Ooh. Who was such a genius with genetics that he experimented on himself and his DNA and his genetic code and kept altering his DNA to evolve himself again and again into higher and higher form of humanity over and over again. Until he finally became someone from Liverpool. Oh, regional jokes. I'm not happy with them. I'm not happy with them. Every time he evolved himself, he would... He he would he's, he would gain more and more advanced intelligence. Mm. He started to um, master all forms of technology. He built himself powerful cybernetic exoskeletons. He has become, by the end of it, a godlike being Ooh. through his own hand. Yeah. Um. So. Um, so he's recognised alongside some of the cosmic entities in the Marvel Universe, mm. like the Living Tribunal, uh, the Watcher. Ah, the Watcher. The High Evolutionary can be on par. Okay, 
Right, this might be a good way of explaining his power level. He invented a second Earth and built it. No way. To do experiments on. <laughs> so as not to ruin this one. In, uh, in my line of work, software testing, this is called a staging environment. Yeah, he <laughs> built a staging environment that was an absolute replica of the Earth, and he planted it on the other side of the sun, so it was always on the opposite Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's cool. That is cool. And for for many many years, the high evolutionary hid in seclusion at, at Vundagore Mountain, where he worked. Like all his servants and people, he would take animals and evolve them into any men. Um, and he he did an awful lot of that to create armies and to create servants and assistants. And one of the any men helped to raise Wanda and Pietro. And that's always been a part of the story, even back when it was... Uh, e- e- oh, even at this stage, when, it, when it's Magneto. Um, it's a, she's like a cow woman. I think her name is Bovine. Bovine! She's a bovine creature, and her name maybe is Yaga. I'm not 100% on that. But but the high evolutionary uh, hidden seclusion at Wondergore Mountain, mm. and he briefly, briefly, with, with some servants raised Wanda and Pietro as babies because they were abandoned there before finding adoptive parents for them in the village. Okay. Um, One of the cool things about Magneto being the dad (laughs) is that it it created like this uh, royal family bloodline in the Marvel Universe that really muddied up the traditional hero-villain thing and how that worked. Mm. So... Magneto did not know about his kids. He thought they died with Magda. Yeah. Um, and he, when he found out, he genuinely wanted a relationship with his children. And he, 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 he also started to now have to think about how terribly he treated them when they were his lackeys, when he didn't know who they were. <laughs> um, he's now got an Avenger and an... Well, I guess two Avengers or an Avenger... And an X-Man in the family. Um, which makes your evil plots for world domination trickier. Because you care about them. Uh, he's also... Because uh, before this happened... Around the time this happened... Uh, Pietro married into the Inhuman royal family. So the Inhumans will do it when we cover their TV show. Mm. But the Inhumans are an awesome part of the Marvel Universe. Kind of spinning out the Fantastic Four... They are a, a a race of hidden, alter-powered, not-human, humanoid people that live on the moon. Mm. And uh, Quicksilver married Crystal, who is um, uh, cousin of, of the king-queen. And he has a child with her. So Magneto is now tied into the Inhuman Society and their royal family. And so now, like, Doctor Doom can just go and blow up Avengers Mansion. He don't care. But Magneto, if he wants to attack the Avengers, he's going to actually... He's got to place a call ahead of time and say, Hey, honey, maybe you want to... Uh, maybe you want to go stay with your uh, your friends for a while. <laughs> before he before he starts dropping bombs on the place. Cause because before, he's got family everywhere. Before, so, McKellen Magneto was voiced by Dan Kalesner, the voice of Homer Simpson, people. <laughs> sure, that's exactly what I was going for. That was what yeah. you were going for. <laughs> Um, so, 
Wanda's magic starts to... Mm. They start to do more with her magic. Um, she gains a, a mystic mentor called Agatha Harkness, mm. ancient, powerful witch. And, and she starts to seemingly expand her magical powers, and they start to talk about chaos magic. Ah. Uh, that starts to be a, a thing they start to talk about. Mm. When, when uh, the writer Steve Englehart starts writing West Coast Avengers, which was the team on the West Coast... Um, he takes Wanda and, and, and Vision with him over to that team so he can carry on his like his authorship over, over her. Um, and then a writer called John Byrne, great writer called John Byrne, uh, co- complicated writer called John Byrne, he <laughs> takes over West Coast Avengers. He takes over writing it. And, 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 and almost immediately... Two hugely awful, traumatic things happen to Wanda and Vision in a row, which shook the characters forever. Um, and mm-hmm. everyone starts to question whether John Byrne just hated those characters. We'll get to those two events. <laughs> um, okay. And then big and small things happen in the Marvel Universe. We, we get to the tragic events of Avengers Disassembled. Which is the the worst day in the history of the Avengers, uh, where the team is torn apart, uh, m- multiple Avengers are, are killed, um, and it's a bad time, brother. And we're going to cover Avengers Disassembled and something else all in our Patreon show this month. So look out for that announcement coming up. But Wanda's past. Is it done with being messed with? Hmm. We've already had World War Two superheroes turn out not to be the case. So that's a revelation. Then the second revelation is Magneto. A further revelation is made. Yeah. That when Wanda was born, um, the dark elder god Cuthalon sensed her eventual mutant powers and decided to alter her at birth so that he can use her as a vessel for his immense mystic ability to enter this world, this realm. Hmm. This seems to be introduced as a way to explain why she's a mutant, but also sometimes mystic. Right. Okay. It kind of papered over the cracks of a lot of sloppy writing down the years, as one writer is like, well, she's a mutant, and the next writer is like, but she's called a witch. I'm making her part of magic stuff now. And then the next writer is like, no, she's a mutant. And the next writer is like, ah, but chaos magic, maybe that's a thing. Cthulhon. Um, uh, it, 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 it's obviously based in the spelling of that. But yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't have any tentacles in front of his face or anything. Or... No, no. You don't, go mad from, God. you don't go mad from looking at him. No, like but elder elder gods. This is this crops up quite a lot in in DC and Marvel. A lot of superhero. They 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 don't want to. They don't want to. Maybe because um, the author was a awful horrendous piece of <laughs> swear word, um, dreadful racist awful person. But they don't want to like use. They can't remember, but they can't use the characters. But mm. they they will always say elder gods, and, and yeah, they'll yeah. make allusions to kind of like Cthulhu style kind of things demonic entities from beyond anyway but that's not all will that's not all right before wanda was introduced to the mcu marvel felt the need to cut all ties between wanda p 
Pietro and Magneto. Wow. Um, from from the outside, it seemed like this was to do with the issues between Disney and Fox in who who Ooh. should get to use Wanda and Quicksilver in their movies. Yes, yes, because they are mutants and Magneto based, mm. but also Avengers, early early Avengers, and Wanda is a very very long standing Avenger, much more than Quicksilver. But then Quicksilver goes back and joins X-Factor, one of the X-Men split-off groups, and he's with there for years. And he's, So where do they fall? So Marvel seemed to want to try and make Wanda and Pietro more Avengers characters than X-Men characters. So we get this more recent revelation that all the stuff about Magneto being their father is a lie. And in fact, mm. Wanda and Quicksilver are not mutants at all. That the, they are. It is now revealed that they are humans who were experimented on by the High Evolutionary, and ah. he evolved and advanced them like he did himself to make them evolved humans with powers. How? Is an evolved human with powers any different to the Marvel concept of mutants? Well, the answer is it isn't. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's just a guess, different branding. It's just a branding it's, issue. It's legal semantics that I guess helped them release the movie in 2015. <laughs> um, so we've got a lot more coming up on Wanda. A lot of questions that have been asked by Will and mm-hmm. by some of our listeners, all centre on wonder. So I've saved a lot of the good stuff for when we get to our our trying not to spoil it Q&A um, on this deeper dive. Um, so what do you, how do you feel then about all the different origins and histories of Wanda Maximoff? I feel there's a lot of retconning going on. It feels like retconning, but like acceptable retconning. It, yeah, it, it's hard with it. I mean, I think the definition of, of retcon. If you're if you're out listening out there and you're not a, you've not heard this term very often, a retcon means retroactive continuity. So you change something about the past um, without it ever being there, right? So yeah. you go back and say, actually, in issue one of Superman, he didn't land on Earth first. He landed on Mars first. And they had a whole adventure on Mars, and then he came to Earth. But we've never mentioned it before. That would be an example, probably, of retroactive Did that happen? continuity. I don't think so, no. Oh, good, because I was thinking, um, no, that's that's bad. That's incredibly bad retconning. I, I, I always think that... Um, I, I, I don't mind... I don't mind, like, a mysterious revelation mm. that we didn't know about. Because I don't always consider that a retcon. Because that happens in... All stories of all t- types, like that'll happen on a soap opera. Yeah, you know, you were switched to birth. Is that a retcon, or is it just something the character didn't know? Okay, okay. Um, within limits. What, what what tends to happen in comic books is that there'll be like DC keep retconning their entire universe, mm. right? There'll be a crisis on infinite earths, <laughs> and it'll wipe out everything. You've ever, and that's that's kind of a bit of 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 that, but. I mean, happening once is one thing, right? Mm. But happening so many times is just 
it's just it feels like they don't know what they want to do with the character. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm probably biased because I grew up reading from the eighties on on through. It's it's only just been undone like five six years ago. So my pretty much my entire life, Wanda and Quicksilver being Magneto's children, was an intrinsic part of their stories, and I felt it was a very rich. Um, it's a little odd that they they met him, didn't know, and still worked for him. That's all a bit weird, but it led to some really good bits. I mean, it started to soften Magneto. It was around that time that they really softened his evil character as well by portraying him as a father that kind of regretted how things had gone and and having these ties was a big part of that there was there's a cool storyline called blood ties mm. which is like an avengers x-men crossover um which involves um quicksilver and his his wife in the inhumans and then magneto's pulled into it and it's all basically about um quicksilver's child which is magneto's goddaughter uh, granddaughter and how that pulls in all these different factors and and, and 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 different folds of the Marvel universe, and yeah, I I always felt it it certainly helped Quicksilver. It gave a good dimension to Quicksilver's character, who is a short tempered, hot headed, you know, stern kind of guy, mm. and um, you kind of actually see a lot of Magneto and abandonment in that, and always wanting to kind of impress him a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, and I also, you know, making changes to comic books because of movies, to suit movies, I struggle with it. Um, but what do we, what do we, what do we experience in, in Ant-Man? We experienced um, <laughs> how they will do absolutely anything to, to like fold their characters and make them as palpable as possible to a new reader. As if that's gonna, as if that's gonna matter when everything else in the comic is is, is alien to them. I would, as if they're gonna go. Magneto's father. Nah, forget about this. I would like to see quantifiable data if that works. Like we we quizzed absolutely everybody who saw the film, who then went to read a comic book. Did they continue reading? These <laughs> yeah. Matt did. These Matt. I'd love to. I'd love to know the quantifiable data behind that. Whether it actually made a difference. So there won't show. be any. Sorry. There won't be any. I know there isn't because it will be impossible to get. But at the same time, I love data. I love examining it just so I get a better idea of things. <laughs> well, that's that's the behind the page on Wanda. Mm. Vision's a bit of a different story, but he's no 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 less complicated. Will oh yeah, um, he doesn't even have his own body. <laughs> um, so 1968, that, that writer we talked about, Roy Thomas, he takes over the Avengers from Stan Lee. Mm. And Roy Thomas has this idea to basically recreate what Stan Lee did with Captain America. Mm. Um, if you remember, if not, we've got a Captain America episode in the archive. Captain America is not a Marvel-age 60s character. He's a 1940s you know, superhero published by Timely Comics mm-hmm. during, the, during the war. And and he'd been mothballed since the end of the since the end of the war. He had this brief little flourish in the fifties, but you know he's really been completely mothballed by the publisher and is not being used whatsoever. He's seen as why 
the only time that character would be relevant would have been the Second World War. <laughs> like bring bringing him back was a weird thing to do. But yeah. Stan, Stan decided I, I want to bring this this powerful character back, um, back back insert him into the Marvel universe, which he'd never been a part of before because it had only just been like started, and and make him part of the Avengers. Well, Roy Thomas wanted to do that when he took over the Avengers with another old 1940s character from the war mm-hmm. called The Vision. Ah, yes. Yes, you've mentioned The, the Vision. Yeah. yeah, The Vision was this alien from another dimension <laughs> called Smoke World. Um, and he looks <laughs> really similar to The Vision we, we know Although he's really abnormally tall, like he's yeah. kind of like a, 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 he's he's not like as big as a, he's not like Godzilla tall, but he's really like he's like nine he's about, foot. Yeah, he's like eight eight nine foot. He's he's like that. Um, he's like that woman from the new Resident Evil game that's been all over the internet. Whoosh! As the reference goes over my head, some people, yes, will some people get that? They might giggle. Uh, also, smoke world. <coughs> I want to stop you there. Smoke world. What is it? Is this an alternate dimension where you're still allowed to smoke in pubs? <laughs> oh my god oh god <laughs> it's just it, it, it's the impact of lockdown folks that's, that's what i think it is it's rotting his brain <laughs> i am not rotting my brain i just i just told you i landed a rover on the moon that's very intelligent it's <laughs> exactly what rocket science is it's kind of like opening a door into another world and the other world is just smoke and nothing else uh, no no mirrors um, no mirrors either hmm. <laughs> What is happening to you today? Um, Because he's from Smoke World, he's got this power to like teleport anywhere that there is smoke. (laughs) I don't quite know how. I don't quite know how that works. Like just discos in the 1970s. Then that's the only way you can go. (laughs) And old man pubs. Um, he, he he looks very similar to the vision we know. Yeah. He's got this costume that's green and gold. He's got this great big cape with the huge collar. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, but M- MCU vision doesn't have this, but 616 comic book vision, he has the cape and he has a huge collar that goes up the back of his thing mm. a lot of the time as well. Um, and, and his head is all, no hair, he's all completely, you know, like... Doesn't look like yours, Will. Very smooth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, alien-like, weird. Thanks for hitting that point home. <laughs> like a robot. Like a robot, Will. You soulless yeah. freak. A soulless, data-loving, <laughs> moon-landing. This is true. I do love data and science and engines and the way things go together. Yeah. Um, and and this this vision was also created by. Our friends Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, just like Captain America. Mm. Um, he's he's weird. He's so he was completely ripped. This is a, a rare example of DC ripping off ripping off Marvel because mm. he was ripped off in in the nineteen fifties by a character called the Martian Manhunter, John Johns. Oh, I've heard of him. Um, yep, 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 yep. So the the Vision is like an alien law enforcement guy <laughs> who is. Trapping someone in prison on Jupiter and receives a distress signal from Earth by a scientist and comes to Earth to fight crime. Um, so that's what Roy Thomas wanted to reintroduce to 
the Marvel Universe and to Avengers. But Stanley thought that was a terrible idea. <laughs> um, it should also be noted that there, you know, there is always tension between Stanley and Jack Kirby, and he might not have wanted to reintroduce another Jack Kirby character into the into the uh, the mainstream. But 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 Stanley was really focused, and and if you just this is such an advanced idea. Stanley wanted to create a new character to be like a Pinocchio style robot that learns to be human. Now, right, okay. That is so that is so common to us these days. That is such uh, you consider that a trope, like an old trope now. Yep, yep. Oh, is it a robot? Is it wanted to be, you know, short circuit Star Trek, Red Dwarf, Battlestar Galactica, that's, the Will Smith robot movie. That's that's a that's a that's a thing, isn't it? You know, oh, the, the the robot wants to be human. It's like you want to have forgetfulness and anxiety. <laughs> what? <laughs> you want to get pudgy and not be good at things after after a big meal. You want to um, remember embarrassing things and then not sleep for two hours. What are you? <laughs> but just think about how. I mean, it, it, it's so easy to just glaze over that idea. Because we're so used to it now, but in in the mid nineteen sixties, Stanley is like, "Well, but I want a Pinocchio robot that's like wants to be human." That is so. I don't uh, knowing Stan. It's not his idea, but <laughs> he's seen it somewhere. But I have tried my hardest to find another example that predates the vision, and 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 I'm struggling, man. Um. I'm struggling. I don't think it's original because I don't think Stanley works like that. No, um, he, 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 God love him, but he, he's a great borrower of concepts. He, he, um, he, he, he makes it into a very easy to digest form. Yes, of course. Um, so uh, the vision, uh, Ultron fails to destroy the Avengers himself, so he decides to create something else that will do it for him to spy on them. Um, spying the team from within, um, it, it's never he's never called like an android or I think he's called an android a little bit. He's never called a cyborg or robot. He's generally called a syn- a synthetic android, a synthesoid, um, and it is android. Yeah, synthesoid. Uh, don't 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 look for logic in any of these words, mate. You say synthesoid, all I hear is freakazoid, and the theme tune yeah. is now stuck in my head. Synthesoid. Well, let's, we'll, we'll, mm. yeah, we'll we'll stay on track, eh? Yeah, I, I think we should. I agree. Sorry, because I mean the, the fear in your eyes going. No, not another tangent, Will. We can't do this. We can't do I, this. I just assumed it was going to be that you were going to sing the whole theme song, and then we were going to get a history of tiny tunes, and then it was going to be how. Animaniacs led to freakers, and I, I just we we could really do with burrowing down on Wonder and Vision. It's scary how well you know me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Ultron creates this this new synthetic creature, uh, his vision for the future, mm-hmm. and it, it it leads the Avengers into into a trap, um, and 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 that's kind of the beginning of. Of vision, he 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 um he doesn't have similar powers to the the the, the World War Two character. Um, this this version of Vision can turn intangible, um, like so he can pass through solid objects, or he can become rock solid. He can become 
diamond hard and unbreakable. And he's got a solar gem on his forehead that can turn sunlight into, like, concentrated laser beams. Mm. Um, but, but you know, instead of being a, an evil villain, uh, the, the heroes managed to convince Vision that Ultron is evil... And he's actually got he's actually got a noble soul. He doesn't think what he's doing is wrong. He just believes essentially his father after being alive for five seconds. He's like, okay, I guess I'm going to do what you tell me. Um, and and then he joins the Avengers and he has many adventures with the Avengers. And he does exactly what Stanley wants him to do. He 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 tries to learn uh, what it's like to be human, to have emotions, to have friends, and to be a hero, to act selflessly and and sort of understand concepts of selflessness in 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 a way devoid of emotion. So, if you see it from a logical perspective, it makes sense to act selflessly because without each other, there is no society, and we all die in a pit. <laughs> um, so, Vision's quite a good perspective on for, for, the, for those kind of thoughts. It is then we then we get our 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 first revelation about about the vision. Um, <laughs> I'm just now picturing how Ultron does this, and it is hilarious. So, another World War Two superhero from Captain America's era was the original Human Torch. Ah. That is not anything to do with the Fantastic Four. Right. So there was just another guy who randomly. Gained the ability to turn himself into a f- piece of fire. No, Ooh. he's an android. What in World War Two? Yeah, yeah. Doctor Phineas T. Haunton uh, creates the world marvels the world's first robotic life form that is exactly the same as a human. Right? Wow. The only problem is when he unveils it at the World's Fair, which is something you can see in uh, the first Captain America movie. Mm. When he unveils him at the World's Fair, and he, he's like in a glass jar. When they take the glass jar away, and he's exposed to oxygen, he just bursts into flames. And then was like, "Oh God, he's dying!" And he's like, "No, I'm fine. I'm just appeared to be on fire, but it doesn't hurt." <laughs> and, and and he kind of learns. He learns slowly to control that ability, and 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 to flame on and flame off. And he fights the Nazis. Um, because that's what everyone did. Well, that character hadn't been seen since the 1940s. We get this revelation that Ultron basically didn't build Vision at all. Oh. <laughs> There's some great little... Ultron, in, in his early days, he's so petty, and he's he's kind of hilarious, and he's also kind of stupid. <laughs> it's really funny. He's re- he obviously can't be stupid because he's he's uh, he's like AI, but yeah. he is stupid. So he can't build the thing he needs. So he literally like breaks into an old man's house <laughs> and he's like, "Are you Doctor Phineas T. Horton?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm drunk. What do you want? Come with me." And he scoops him up under his arm and runs away with him, <laughs> like out the garden, <laughs> down the road, and he runs with him all the way back to Ultron's lab. Yeah. And on, on Ultron's uh, laboratory, on the slab there, is this World War Two Human Torch robot. Right, okay. And uh, Dr. Horton is amazed. He's like, I thought they destroyed him. And Ultron's like, no, I rescued him. 
And now I'm going to turn him into something else. My vision for the future. So he has the Doctor turn him into the vision. Mm. And, and that's where Ultron's body comes from. Right, okay, okay. Sorry, where, vis- where Vision's body, body comes, yeah. comes from. Sorry, I was just looking um, at pict- old pictures of Ultron. When they turn, when Ultron turns uh, Vision on, he's still got the memories of the original Human Torch, Jim Hammond. Right. And, and Ultron cannot have that because he's acting heroically and he's trying to beat the crap out of Ultron. And he, he switches his brain off and he... Um, basically, he, he destroys the mind that's in the body mm. and uses a human brain pattern that he's got stored to create a new mind that he can wipe over. Now, the problem with that is we get a second revelation. Oh, no. <laughs> which is that the brain waves used to create this new mind for the vision were brain waves stolen from the dead villain slash hero Wonder Man. Um, so the vision has someone else's body and someone else's mind in that body, oh. but no, but no memories. So, in 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 kind of classic Marvel fashion, this this it creates uh, vision is questioning his humanity, hmm. uh, the big existential question. You know, it's we we ask ourselves the same question throughout our entire lives in a bit of nice sci fi comic book rompery you get to do it with a sci-fi reason is is the vision wonder man because he has wonder man's mind devoid of memory Mm. is memory the key to who we are is he the human torch because he's physically is the human torch right or is he something new because he remembers none of their lives what is the self what is the i who are any of us that's what vision allows Roy Thomas and, and et al to do uh, when he's when he's kind of gets all these revelations. I like that. That's going to be um, a deep really, thinker. Yeah, like what are we all memory? Is that all we are? And if you're someone like me who's who's had a relative absolutely lost to Alzheimer's and dementia, do they stop being that person? You know, so memory mm. is a very powerful uh, indicator of self and identity, and and this is probably a bit too deep. Um, oh, this is, <laughs> so this is good. When the vision finds out he's essentially like copied from Wonder Man, he feels way. He feels so. He becomes depressed. Basically, mm. it's so much worse than being a robot. He believed he was just a robot, and then it's revealed he actually has the mind of someone that was a human, but with all the memories gone, and he's not human anymore. So he starts to feel inferior to Wonder Man. He starts to feel envious of the life Wonder Man had before he died, and his motivation to become more and more human kind of is spurred on. And and then Wonder Man comes back from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that becomes a very weird situation. I have my brain is essentially your mind, but and then Someone for a period there, of time, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it gets even worse because Wonder Man falls in love with Wanda, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, but you love you love my mind in someone else's body. You should love me, and I can give you what he can't, which is a real human, living, breathing." And, and a life, right? Oh. 
Right. Marvel Comics is soap opera with science fiction, and it just keeps getting better. It is wrought with these emotions. Like, if you're writing a superhero comic book and you're not ringing it with this kind of emotional drama, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? But there's kind of like an interesting period of time where although there is that love triangle, Wonder Man and Vision kind of... um, kind of consider each other to be brothers sort of mm. like they're not but they kind of that's how they see each other um in 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 the late 80s vision leaves the main avengers team he has that solo series with 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 wonder and then he, he leaves the avengers team in new york and joins the west coast avengers <laughs> um he, he becomes a hologram for a period of time a bit like rimmer um his Ooh. programming becomes unbalanced and he tries to take over all computer systems in the world wow. to protect humanity. Um, yeah. But then in, in 1988, that writer John Byrne puts together this story called Vision Quest. And this is one of the really awful things that happens to Wonder and Vision with John Byrne in charge. The Vision is kidnapped and then completely dismantled and dismembered into parts. And I don't mean arm, leg. I mean... Servers, circuits, component parts, right. scrap metal, just Pro- proper down, proper down, down to nothing. Um, his 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 entire mind is shut down and wiped, and he's laid out in in pieces. And and someone's written on I forget who's done this now, but I read it somewhere that that alone in in readers' minds left an indelible imprint on on the on the Avenger reader. That I know it's all comic books, but once you see Vision like that, it's really hard to consider him to be this this human character again. Mm. Does that make sense? It's it's because because you now view him as a bit, uh, co- components and machinery, as bits, as bits, as machinery, as bits. So it, yeah. It's it's like the, in Westworld where you see them as in the TV series in Westworld, you see them as people, and then you see. Later on, one of them is just a head and machinery, but and and, and you're confused. Yeah. Your mind is going, no, this is a bunch of servers. This is a bunch of subroutines. This is a bunch of code. This is not a person, but it's like a person. It's confusing. I like that. You wouldn't, yeah. You probably wouldn't have liked it if you were a fan. It is a very, <laughs> very controversial. I mean, so Hank Pym rebuilds Vision as best he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Wonder Man refuses to let them clone his brain patterns again. So essentially denies denies Vision the unique mind. So the Vision comes back online, possessing all of the mem- you know program with all the memories and everything, mm-hmm. but he n- possesses no emotions and no human traits that he'd been developing since the sixties. He, he he goes from having red skin and the bright, you know, gold and green coloured costume like a superhero, he becomes completely a ghost like pale figure. Ooh. Completely Yeah, um the colour of milk. Slightly gone off milk. So he's, he looks like a milky surfer. A milky surfer. Like silver surfer, but milky. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it's, a bit it's weird. That, it's that, yeah. yeah. But his cape, his costume, his, mm. everything about him. 
Um, when he's finally back up and running, Wanda runs over to embrace him, mm. and he has no reaction to her whatsoever. Aww. He's cold and distant, and um, th- like this, fans absolutely hated it. I mean, he he essentially becomes a brand new character, and lots of longtime readers. Um, well, they 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 lost the character that they cared about for so many years. Mm. Um, Vision slowly begins to regain his emotions and rebuild his mind into what he was before, um, and he even goes back to his classic costume from the from the sixties and seventies. But as he inches further and further towards this, the worst day in the history of the Avengers hits. Avengers disassembled and the vision is violently torn apart into pieces and killed. And we got more about that coming up. We've been deluged with your communications about WandaVision, all these questions. Um, the some fantastic ways in which you can get in touch with us when you've got these questions. You can, of course, send us an email to marvel versus marvel at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and tweet us your questions and your thoughts. We're there at Marvel versus the best way. However, the best way to not just get in touch, but to show us that you love us and to let's let's be honest, do the right thing. Yeah. Is to find us on Patreon. Let's look. Look. We all know the kind of podcasts you normally used to listen to. Half hour. Maybe 45 minutes. Hey, mm. maybe some of those guys with big dangly things between their legs occasionally put up an hour-long episode. Oh, well done <laughs> to them. And it's good that those are free. It's good. They owe you. You're doing them a favour by listening to them. Every time they put one out. MVM is a different beast and you know it. That Ant-Man episode is a definitive take on those characters. On the microverse, which I'm still calling it. Not the quantum realm. (laughs) Three hours, 20. (laughs) Think about the episodes. We put up multiple hours of blood, sweat and tears. Hours of research that go into this. Hours of editing, hours of jingle making, hours of recording to make something that gives you hours of joy and entertainment and trivia and history and stories. We don't owe you on this podcast. You owe us and you need to do the right thing. And the way you do the right thing is you head to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash marvel versus marvel find our wonderful website there and that's how you can get in touch with us that's how you can do the right thing subscribe give us that cheddar in your pocket that you know we deserve help us keep the lights on around this place we've got so many people that are doing it each and every month we get emails now will from people saying i'm gonna do it i'm I'm getting there Next time it's payday, some of that money is coming your way. I love getting those letters. They're good. They know that they know that sitting on Patreon is so many bonus episodes 
about the Guardians of the Galaxy, about Daredevil, bonus episodes about Spider-Man, X-Men, Captain America, bonus episodes about the Age of Apocalypse, and that's what people want to get their hands on. Will, you've got Communique from one of our new, one of our newest patrons. I think they've entered the the VIP the VIEP club. They've what entered have you got for us the highest level of VIP. That my <laughs> this is from Mikey Five Nine, who's written in to say that I've been holding off on subscribing to you guys all through Christmas and New Year, telling myself I don't need to do the right thing. Ah, ah, it's catching on. <laughs> he doesn't need to do the right thing. Oh, how close to the sun, Icarus, you flew. <laughs> Sh- he's denying it. I, he's denying it. I, I mean, we shouldn't be gloating over a guy who eventually gave us money. I mean, <laughs> you, we should. No, no, no. no. In, in the moment, he's confessing to he's it. Confessing. He knows what he did wrong. We embrace with open arms and a pat on the back. But now <laughs> I know I need. Now I know I need. I can't put it off anymore. I love your show. Oh, I love all the Marvel trivia and stories and everything that takes me back to being a teenager. The X-Men animated episode was so good, and the Ant-Man show might be your best one yet. So I had no choice but to do the right thing and subscribe. I could now... Yes, Mike! Yes, Mike! Yes, Mikey! Yes, That's right! Yes, Mikey 5-9! <laughs> you did! You had no choice! You, had no you cho- know you had no choice! Resistance is indeed futile. I can now <laughs> hold my head high as a proud V-I-E-P, knowing that I help keep the show on the air. Can't wait to catch up on all the bonus episodes I am now entitled to. That's right. And entitled he is, very much so. Yeah. Yes, very course. good. He's a very important executive producer. He's helping us to uh, keep the lights on around here. All our storage costs, our hosting costs, everything that it costs us to do this. Mm. And hey, aside from everything else, you just you know we deserve that money. It's in your pocket, <laughs> yeah. and it shouldn't be. It should be in ours. Um, <laughs> and, you know... We had something planned for this month, but then things changed. We do a, bo- a full-length bonus episode every month on Patreon. Mm. That's what the VIEPs are paying to get access to. That and early access. That, early access and our love. That's what they're paying that top dollar for. Yep. So we re- we record and release, write, produce a full-length podcast bonus episode each and every month for them we had a plan for this month will but it's changed oh the plans changed because it changed much like this this deeper dive into wonder and vision came out of the ether because we know we know the appetite is there we know the thirst is there well i'm active i'm on the boards i'm on the groups i'm on twitter I see what everyone's asking about. I see what everyone's talking about. And it's time to give everyone what they want and what they're asking for, what they're craving. So this month, February, on our Patreon, the bonus episode will be House of M. We're going to get into it. We're going to pull through it. 
We're going to know and learn everything about the House of M. Everything that Wanda Maximoff did. That's going to include Avengers Disassembled. That's the tee-up to House of M. I'm rolling that in with it. So make sure you sign up right now. So you do not miss the MVM House of M episode Head to patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel. Patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel. It's now time, Will, for our first ever deeper dive. I mean, we, we, we began it with the real behind the scenes on those two characters. Details and information that we just did not have time to deliver in the Age of Ultron episode the deeper dive, wonder, and vision in phase two. And you're the man to take us through how what their actions were in phase two in Age of Ultron. So take it away, Willie P. Okay, so just to recap in phase two. When we first meet Wanda in the MCU, she is part of Hydra. The Avengers attack a Hydra base in the eastern European country of Sokovia, where Baron von Strucker has been using Loki's Asgardian scepter to experiment on humans. Wanda and her twin brother Pietro are the only subjects to have survived the experiments, and as a result, they both have superhuman powers. Pietro has gained super speed, and Wanda has some psionic powers like telekinesis. The twins are able to use their powers to avoid being captured by the entire Avengers team, while Strucker and the rest of the Hydra are captured. Wanda possesses some kind of psychic nightmare ability and uses them to show Tony Stark his worst fear, all the Avengers dead and the Earth being attacked by powerful alien forces. Wanda then leads Stark to the Asgardian Scepter, telling her brother that it will tear the Avengers apart. I think it's, um, I mean, again, I, I only know what I've seen um, on the trailer mm-hmm. for WandaVision, but fr- from picking up a flavour from some of the questions being asked, I, I, I guess it's interesting for us to know. We've just talked all about how in the comic books, Wanda has um, these look-altering mutant powers, and then it's kind of... She has this magic, this kind of chaos magic, and you know she can kind of seemingly alter reality. Well, there's absolutely none of that in 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 the MCU, is there? It is it is more basic, simple, you know, mutants. Mu- well, not mutants because they're not mutants, are they? Not they mutants, are no, no superhuman powers are, and yeah science and the like it's there's 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 never this there's never anything to do with the mystical not not in these two no not in these two i mean when it gets to dr strange we'll yeah we'll get onto more of that but but this is our first taste if you will of the supernatural well what you know could be considered supernatural no it's kind of you consider this how is this how is this any more supernatural than captain america uh, showing people their nightmares and telekinesis. Yeah, but 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 uh, I, you know what? Yeah, the, 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 I don't I don't think I don't think tele- if 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 Captain if someone took a, a potion <laughs> like the super soldier serum gave you telekinesis, that wouldn't be magical, would it? No, no, no. I I I I mean, 
It, the element of supernature is in that it's this Asgardian mystic scepter. If, if that's it, what I've I've forgotten there. Okay, okay, okay. The the the, the I mean the Asgardian mystic scepter, which is of course uh, is is it housing the te- something inside? It's housing the mind stone. That was it, the mind stone. Sorry, it's just that. I've, I completely forget what's in where because all the, all the stones are in different places. Like you got one that's in the tesseract, one that's in the mind stone, one that's being around someone's neck, one's in the back of the fridge. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> They're all about the gaff, and they've got to find them. And as we know about the mind stone, uh, it's got loads of stuff to do with the mind, or makes you dead quick. Yes. One of those two classic things to do with the mind: <laughs> being really quick. <laughs> Or having telekinesis. Um, yeah, it, it, it should just... Wanda really comes across as like another X-Men that we've seen. You know, you know, she doesn't seem much different, really, in the power set from, like, Jean Grey or whatever, does she? No, it's... Jean, Jean Grey's a different thing altogether. Well, not... Not, not entirely. If you look into the whole no, Phoenix, Phoenix psychic aspect. power, psychic psychic powers and telekinesis in the X Men movies. Yeah, yeah, but she has. That's what, she has, that's what she's got. She's got a serious overclocking issue, shall we say? Who? Jean Grey. She has a serious overclocking issue. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but just forget about that for a minute. I mean, just in basically in general, when we're introduced to Jean Grey, when we're introduced to Wanda Maximoff, there's not much difference, really, is there? Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go. Mm, yeah. Okay. Telekinesis. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. psychic powers. Psychic powers. She can show you show you a nightmare. Move a move a move a ball around. What if your cool. nightmare is a ball moving around? Mm. Um, but she does. That, you know, they never really they never really delve into this bit where Wanda basically gives Tony Stark the Asgardian scepter, and is like, mm. "That's going to really mess them up." How does she know that? What? What? What's that? Why? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a really manipulative, sinister thing to do. Maybe they're trying to do what the Dark Knight did with the Joker and go, "Ah, the plan was for it to be caught all along. That was part of the plan." Yeah, but that never happens, though. Yeah, it never. It, she... it never unfolds. I, I, I. Th- do you think it's part of them wishing they were free or hating who, who they've been captured because they were captured and experimented on? Maybe. Mm, I don't know. They don't think it's them getting getting their own back on Hydra for for basically treating them like guinea pigs. I don't. I mean, it, Hydra have already been kind of taken apart here. Mm. Like it, it's 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 clearly over. Yeah. And they're about to escape on their own. They're not helping anyone in Hydra. Mm. But she's let she's ensuring Tony Stark gets his hands on the scepter and the Mind Stone. Maybe she knows, she can see inside his mind what his intentions are with such technology and knowing something of that power would... Would destroy them. Yeah. Wanda creates Ultron. In the same way that that guy in Star Wars lets C-3PO <laughs> and R2-D2 pass without shooting them. He's much more directly. Much, much more, directly. more directly. Okay, okay, okay. She know from her perspective, Tony Stark is like the worst human alive. Yep. And she knows that he is a warmonger. Mm-hmm. That's her perspective. Yep. And that he is arrogant beyond arrogant, and 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 she 
perhaps by looking into his mind is like and seeing his greatest fear he will destroy himself by building a giant weapon and then she hands him the mind stone I don't know man I don't know it's ropey at best I'm not going to defend it because it is a bit ropey I'm just saying I think Wanda's got a lot of blood on her hands in this movie (laughs) (laughs) a lot of blood on her hands yeah yeah okay okay it's, is there any differences here we can discuss with the comic book, do you think? Well, I mean, the powers the powers yeah. are all very different. There's, I mean, I, I mean, quite frankly, everything is different. Everything is different. Aside from, yeah. them, aside from them being related. Um, the only thing that, that, is, that is kind of uh, what, I, what I, you know, like about... I like that uh, Age of Ultron Phase 2 introduces wonder pietro is villains first yes and then makes them the i have to say um if i am in charge of the mcu or or i'm putting together my plans for the next avengers movie and age of ultra and all that sort of stuff i i i think wonder and quicksilver are probably really down really far down my list of characters to do anything with Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be a long. I think it would be a good while before I introduce them, not not just because they're kind of muddy with all the X Men mutant stuff, but but also be, I mean that's a fact though because you have to do so many mental gymnastic backflips and, and 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 alterations to get them to work in the MCU. I'm not entirely sure if the payoff is ever worth it. Really, I mean, um, they, 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 I've never. I was about to say they they. they... From from on on paper, they, they don't stand out enough, or they stand out way too much in terms of the other Avengers. The other Avengers, there's a, a certain grounding to them, if you will. Like they they, they they seem plausible. Well, you've got one person who's basically a witch with chaos magic, and the other is uh, floaty, weird uh, android being. <laughs> I I I would have. I'm I'm saying I I I would have included Vision. I think. Mm, okay, Vision. Yeah, I don't think I would have. I don't think I don't think Wonder and Quicksilver are are so strong enough characters that I would have, or arresting characters that I would have gone. I definitely need to have them in 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 Phase Two and stuff. That's but, yeah. I, they 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 come off with more of an X Men flavor to them, if you will. I that that might be it. I, I might have such a bad taste in my mouth from a lot of X Men films that yeah. <laughs> I, I I never ever 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 want to see another telekinetic slash magnetic battle. I never ever want to see a fight where things float in the air ever again in my life. X Men have just in every yeah, movie have yeah. killed killed that to death. I was trying to think of an example where it's worked, but I don't think it. Ha- there have been video games where it's worked. But the but I mean I think films, I no. think it works I think it probably works to begin with but it's just you know the first time you, you see it and then in X Men two you see it again it's probably still a little fresh but then it's every movie since man yeah um, I think it's I honestly think it's it's best in Return of the Jedi <laughs> I think that's a really yeah it's a really great use of it when they're having a sword fight and then every now and then one of them can just fling a, a you know a a, a huge generator at the other one or rip a wall down or something I, I, anyway see that's when it works best when it's used in combination sparingly not as the main drive of the battle anyway you're right but i'll get back to the recap 
The next time we see Wanda, she and Pietro are meeting with a mysterious stranger in Sokovia. Wanda tries to use her psychic powers on the stranger, but she cannot find a mind to read. The stranger removes his red cloak and reveals himself to be the AI robot Ultron. Ultron reveals his plot to create an army of robots and destroy the Avengers, and he wants to recruit the twins to his cause. Wanda reveals their hatred for Tony Stark, as his weapons have been used to tear their home apart and kill their parents. In the second encounter with the Avengers, Wanda uses her psychic powers to show visions and nightmares to Thor, Black Widow and Captain America. Most damaging of all, though, Wanda uses her powers to send Bruce Banner in a wild rage. He transforms into the Hulk and rampages through Johannesburg, causing utter destruction until Iron Man subdues him. With the Avengers neutralised, Wanda, Pietro and Ultron escape with the consignment of precious vibranium. Uh, One thing I forgot to mention during our our Age of Ultron episode is there's a a little Easter egg in that um, Ultron removes... A, uh, a, a a crimson co- cloak and cowl. Yes, and and it's like ah, I'm Ultron. In the comic books, um, Ultron is is so you don't know the villain is Ultron to begin with, right? Okay, you believe the villain is a new villain called the Crimson Cowl, <laughs> and the Crimson Cowl organizes the new Masters of Evil, and then at the very end takes his Crimson Cowl off and is like I'm Ultron. Oh yeah. Um, so that was that was uh, a nice, that was a, a nice little Easter egg that I I didn't manage to include um, the first time we did this. Um, uh, Quicksilver doesn't have like I, first of all he's never called Quicksilver is he? I need to remember that. Then is he called either of those names? Yeah, they they sort um, of skip over that. They don't have code names, I don't think. In it, I don't think. Not for now, no. Yeah. Um, Pietro, I don't think he says anything until the very end of this movie. Um, like maybe he says something like "Don't worry" or "Stay here," but he doesn't really get to talk, does he at all? He, I think, um, he has like maybe the uh, under ten lines. Yeah, yeah, it's basically the um, same as Conan the Barbarian. They're very clearly, you know, teeing up mm. Wanda as the character. Yeah, you know, going forward, she's going to be the. She gets to do all the kind of exposition and um, talks about. Talks about their their kind of tragic backstory, which I thought was, um, uh, you know, again, again, there's no real, there's no like backstory connection to Iron Man, although the characters are uh, very tied together. Um, you know, not just through, although she joins the Avengers when Iron Man leaves, yeah. Uh, through through being on this team, the West Coast Avengers, and then its replacement team, Forceworks, um, she she and Tony have a quite a close working relationship, and we will see some of that in our next episode <laughs> after this, which will be you know taking on the nineteen ninety four Iron Man cartoon series, yes, which features Scarlet Witch in her first um, her first role outside of comic books. Um, there's quite a few characters in the cartoon, but we'll save it for then because there's some curious ones I want to discuss with you after watching that. 
It's, what, what did you think of this? Um, you know, the, the missile pinning. Uh, you know, they're, they're trapped under this missile and they can't move for days on end, and it's got Stark Industries written on it and stuff. I thought uh, it was yet another moment where the MCU deals with real world stuff because you got to you got to remember. I mean, Sokovia obviously they they might be using that as a placeholder for uh, the Yugoslavian wars of the nineties. Yeah, and I'm only I think you're right. I'm only saying that because it's fresh in my mind after playing GTA Four, where the main character was a veteran of that war. But yeah, it's 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 very it's very grounded. That area of the world has had a history of civ- uh, that kind of conflict in the in the nineties in the modern age, and so you get this uh, you get this th- you get this uh, idea that wars are fought with a lot of private companies on the side. Uh, on 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 the side of power, on the side of allies. So it's so instead of having uh, the UN or allied nations firing rockets made by uh, Boeing or or the other big companies, you would have uh, a war being fought where Stark Industries is impl- printed on the side of a rocket because yeah. the company is so big that they don't they you know if if their main main export is arms, they don't know where, where it's all going to be used on. So. It's gonna. It just shows you how far-reaching Stark's influences around the world, both good and bad, and that. And this is basically another thing dredging up in, from his past, from his uh, from his I- indirect actions, if you will, showing that he does cause real damage in the world, and he and he's a flawed character in some ways. In many ways, in which many- we'll see. Which comes out in this in this movie, doesn't it? Really, yeah. and also um, being trapped it... under rubble like that—that that stuff genuinely happens in those situations. People come out of that stuff. It's horrible, horrible when yeah. that happens. There's a um, so golden age Superman, 1930s Superman, pre World War Two Superman. Superman um, has nothing to do. Okay, I know it's weird telling a, a DC story on Marvel vs. Marvel. Bear with me. Okay. Before before the Second World War, Superman has nothing to do. <laughs> so <the> first, <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> Sorry. That, that genuinely tickled me. It was like, oh, it's a shame. It's a shame there's no evil army causing horror in Europe. Otherwise, we'd have it, easy stories the, to write. It's the power scale. Yeah. The first superhero yeah. ever created. If you were to logically go about doing this, mm. the first character you create could fly. Yeah. And then and then and then a month later someone who's strong, then a month later someone with laser eyes. But Simon and Shuster, they're just kids. Mm-hmm. It's everything. The first superhero ever created can do everything and anything. And they have not invented any other superpowered characters yet? There are no supervillains. Yeah, Superman only really gets a threat big enough to justify his existence during the Second World War. So, in the 1930s, when he's first created, Superman is an agent of social justice. Mm. So, what Superman does essentially is he battles slum lords, wife beaters, <laughs> alcoholic deadbeat dads. He goes after every every you know sore spot. And the social conscience of America. It's brilliant. Mm. One of the stories of this time is um, <laughs> there's a, a a weapons, I mean munitions, you know, a builder, a warmonger, basically, an American guy 
who owns a munitions factories and exports bombs and bullets across the world to places of conflict far away from his safe home. Mm. So, so 1930s social justice Superman just jumps in through his window and kidnaps him in the middle of the night <laughs> and essentially does like a Charles Dickens ghost thing on him. I was right? about to say, it's going to be... It's going to be uh, he, yeah. he flies him to the middle of a war zone and says, come on, we're enlisting. And this guy's in his pyjamas. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he goes, no, 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 me and you, you like war so much, we're enlisting. I'm bulletproof, and I'm going to put a helmet on, and I'm going to march you to the front line of your war. And then he drags this guy and like shoves him face down in the dirt of the trenches. <laughs> and this guy is cowering and terrified. And Superman's standing up and like, I can do this all day, mate. Doesn't bother me. And this guy is getting pelted by his own bullets and shrapnel from his own bombs. And when this poor man is reduced to an absolute wreck, Superman's like, have you had enough? Do you regret being a munitions manufacturer now? And he's like, yes, yes. And he flies him home and like throws him back into bed. And he goes, change your ways. <laughs> and then off Superman flies. And that's his adventure that week. But, but this, sorry, sorry to pop the pin in a very lovely story bubble. But <laughs> this, it's like... That that area that that area of industry is a heavily capitalized market. Someone else will just take his place. Then he has to fly to his house and beat him up and take him into to war zone. Superman doesn't get tired, mate. He can do this multiple times a night. He's not Santa Claus. <laughs> He's more powerful than Santa Claus. I've seen him turn back time. He's more powerful than Cher. <laughs> hey. So I like the idea of munitions manufacturers being punished by uh, all-powerful creatures. That's cool. Yeah, same. Um, same. Right. <laughs> in fact, it reminds me of that bit uh, in X-Men Apocalypse, and we'll get into it more, where he just launches all the nukes into space, and I was in the cinema going, ah, that's lovely. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> that's lovely. I think it's, 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 qu- it's kind of interesting slash telling that Wanda is presented all along here. Like Quicksilver's mm. just a fast guy. He's Sonic the Hedgehog. Wanda tears the Avengers apart as soon as she meets them, pretty much. She's incredibly Machiavellian. That fear power, that nightmare Mm. power of hers. Um, Ultron says something like, uh, says to, I'm going to keep calling Quicksilver, I'm sorry, says to Pietro, me and you can hurt them, she's going to tear their hearts out. And we see that here. Like, they're just incapacitated one by one by one. Yeah. Um, She's, and I, I, I think that has real connotations of what happens in Avengers Disassembled, as we'll, we'll talk about on Patreon. So, really, uh, Quicksilver's more of the distraction. She's the main attacking force. I think yeah. purely tactically, you need Quicksilver to get you in and out. You know, we'll get you in uh, and out. But she can then. She, he's very good at distracting as well. He he just kept, kept got their attention. He keeps their attention, and Wanda just sneaks up and goes sprinkly, sprinkly, sprinkly. Well, she does that thing with her hands, like she's sprinkling yeah. ginger. Yeah. yeah, on their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back to the recap. Let's get back to the recap. Okay. So. Ultron uses thy vibranium to build himself a new indestructible synthetic body to give it even more power. Ultron rips the Mind Stone from Loki's scepter and implants it on the forehead of the new body. Ultron begins the process of uploading his mind into his new vision for the future. 
During this process, Wanda is able to finally read Ultron's thoughts and she is horrified to learn that he plans a genocide of the entire human race. Springing into action, Wanda and Pietro stop Ultron's upload into the new body and flee. The Avengers catch up with Ultron and engage him and his robots in battle, desperately trying to prevent him from transferring his mind into the new body. As the twins flee the city, they see news reports of the battle going on and the destruction Ultron is causing. Feeling responsible, the twins turn back and rush to help the Avengers. During the battle, the Avengers capture Ultron's new body, while Wanda and Pietro prove themselves to Captain America by rescuing a whole train full of innocent people headed for disaster. When Wanda finds out that Tony Stark now has Ultron's indestructible new body, she warns Captain America that he will try to turn it into a weapon of his own and talks of the similarities between Stark and Ultron. It's a good thing uh, we didn't write down Stark similarities. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You know, it's the thing with when you have names that also are also regular <laughs> words. You're like, hmm, better not use that in the same sentence. So this does does this happen does exactly this happen in the comics no none of it no none um, of it none of it it's created for cgi I, scenes mate i i thought it was i thought it was really interesting that like like we wondered like they don't wonder doesn't trust the avengers but she 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 forges her bond with captain america yeah and we see that a little bit later on. Captain America, to, to get them all into the fight, Captain America gives a speech, and part of it is, remember our number one priority is the Sokovian people yeah. and getting them to safety. And that clearly, from the way they shoot it, registers and resonates with Wanda and, and Pietro. So we're, we're building that relationship. And if you think about how that will be by the end of the movie, the new Avengers, um, you know... There's no relationship here, is there, between Stark and and Wanda, um, and um, I think that's I felt in the cinema watching this mm. that this was perhaps the beginning of what was going to be the Civil War. Yes, yes, because well, obviously the Sokovia Accords are going to be put in place. Yeah, I just I, I I just started to feel that 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 it, well, not necessarily that, but that it was going to be that Stark just keeps doing these rash, arrogant. No one else knows what needs to be done. It's just me. I'm going to build a death robot. <laughs> I'm going to put satellites around the world. I'm going to put drone sentinels everywhere. Like someone needs to stop that guy. Or at Someone le- genuinely needs to stop that from happening. Yeah, I-, I was about to say something else. I was about to say, or he at least needs to offload some of his work onto someone else, so he because so, <laughs> he's working way too hard on one thing. No, that you're just you're thinking about it from a work management perspective. That's the only perspective I'm I thinking have about a new fascist dictator taking over. Like Cap is gonna eventually, he's gonna stand up and slap that down. And I, I, I generally thought that would have been a little bit more interesting than, mm. than the, the Civil War kind of route we get. Anyway, but 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 mainly, I mean, it's... Um, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the... The Mind Stone is kind of really seamlessly folded in here. Um, as I said during Behind the Page, uh, Vision doesn't have a Mind Stone, nothing to do with the Infinity Gems. It's a solar gem. 
that that allows him to focus solar energy into a laser beam. Um, but it 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 plays in very well with everything they're going to do, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the it, placing it, of the well. This this is the thing. I mean, when you look at the other uh, bit of pits of paraphernalia, I mean, does uh, does Doctor Strange always have the Time Stone in the comics? No, the, the Eye yeah. of Agamotto and Time Stone are, yeah. are not are not the same thing at all. Yeah. Well, let's try and save some of that. For the... I was about to say <laughs> I, 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 that question left my lips, and I went, "I regret this. Yeah. This we're, we're yeah. leaking. We're leaking precious, <laughs> precious facts, leaking. precious <laughs> trivia, precious trivia is on the floor." <laughs> so yeah, I, I I mean I like the way they've changed some of it to sort of fit in because that's that's what you call good narrative for a film. For comics, it doesn't matter that much because you can just go, "Hey, this bit's this bit's crazy and this bit's crazy." In a film, it's like, "No, no, 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 no." In a big film series like that, they've got to connect. They've got to connect, otherwise, there's too many weird loose ends and tangents. I mean, I don't think it doesn't matter in comic books. I just think you have more space mm. to write to, to write around it. You, you, yeah. you don't have to be quite so. You have to be very, very concise in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, comic books, you don't have to be quite so concise and. You can resolve things at a different pace, I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, back to the recap. Wanda, Cap and Pietro arrive at Avenger Towers, just in time to see Wanda's fear realised. Stark and Banner have not destroyed the synthetic body, but are instead transferring Stark's artificial intelligence, Jarvis, into the Mind Stone. The Avengers are split down the middle and a brief scuffle breaks out until Thor dramatically arrives and uses his mystic lightning to breathe life into the synthetic body. Newly alive, the creature introduces himself to the Avengers and the twins as Vision. He speaks calmly of wishing to oppose Ultron and alters his appearance to match that of Thor. Wanda uses her powers to look inside the Vision's mind, but sees none of the destruction and death that she saw when Ultron was trying to take him over. The Vision finally proves himself as a noble soul by being worthy of lifting Molnir. So, this is the thing. When I saw the Molnir bit in the cinema, I don't know if I mentioned this in the episode, I always thought at the time... That just to be a nice little funny joke. You you missed it big time, didn't you? <laughs> I I just thought it was a nice little joke because because of the because of the the willy swinging contest they were throwing earlier of trying to lift it and like Thor's going yeah yeah I'm the only one that's worthy and him doing it was a nice little I thought it was a nice callback joke it made me laugh but then you forget <laughs> that it's all about worthiness. I I always you forgot I forgot yes. I forgot it's about worthiness. I don't. I don't know if it's uh, if the whole audience kind of missed that. I think that was that's the only way that scene is resolved. There's no other way they can know to trust him. They would. There we go. Okay. Wow. Subtext. <laughs> because <laughs> the whole that whole scene is about we don't. He, he's Ultron's. He just had Ultron's mind yeah, in him, and yeah. we like the, the most dangerous. The last time we sent a robot, and he tried to kill everyone. We can't trust him. And then he picks up the thing, and he's like, "Oh, no, it's fine. He's worthy." <laughs> It's okay. The mag- the magic niceness barometer, otherwise known as Thor's magic hammer. Also, go back, check out our Thor episode. Um, I don't think what Papa Odin thinks is worthy is something we should trust. <laughs> that guy, that guy is a monster. On Viking standards, <laughs> he's-, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. Any, whenever you, whenever you, you know. I know Loki does some horrific things in the comic books, but 
I understand because his dad is horrific. So yeah, I don't like the idea because I, I imagine it's the same as like when you ask IT for permission, <laughs> like it pings up to Odin in Asgard during one of his Odin naps, and he goes, "Who? Oh yeah, he's fine. Yeah, allow, allow access." <laughs> uh, but okay, okay, okay. Obviously. Uh, I'm so ignorant that I missed subtext in a Marvel film. <laughs> That's a new low for me. I don't... Mate, it's not subtext. Wow! Subtext is unspoken. They have a whole key conversation about how only trustworthy, worthy people can lift the hammer. And Cap can't do it, but he sort of does because he's so noble and pure. Will. And then they just... You're digging a Chekhov's hole. Gun. You're digging they a just, hole, Will, and it's not deep enough. Keep digging. They, they pull the trigger on Chekhov's gun. It was set up and then delivered. It's not subtext. It is text. It's a subtext. overt, overt text. Oh, you're making this pay. I just like the pretty colours. Anyway, so I, I, I did, I did, I, I think. Um, oh, help me out here. Who, who, what's the name of the actor that plays Vision? Um, uh, Paul, 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 Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Sorry, I was going to say Paul Ricardo, but that's definitely not his name. I love Paul Bettany's portrayal of Vision. He does it well. Absolutely love it. In in, in this movie, his calmness, mm. his stillness, his almost passiveness is yeah. beautiful and exactly what that character needs, exactly how I've always read that character yeah. um, being... It's uh, it's refreshing, especially in the middle. Think of how that scene is constructed. Um, it is it, it it's Willie's out time again, but you've got <laughs> lots of macho guys actually kind of shouting their point, shouting their corner, shouting their argument. Two sides split down the middle, and into that comes this serene being mm. who is not shouting over the odds at how he, we have to destroy Ultron. He literally says. You know, I don't want to hurt him, but if he's going to hurt everybody, we have to stop him. Mm. And all of that kind of calmness, it's absolutely beautiful, brilliant. It's the right, it's a great right kind of calmness. It's the right kind of calmness as well. It's, it, there's assertion there, but not, not madness. It's just, yes. yes, it's the right kind of channeled assertion, but serenely so. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it reminds me quite a lot of Cap, because Cap does that, in other things, not not quite as serene, but Cap has that. Cap never gets that over the top. He's just like, I'm gonna have to stop you, so that's what I'm gonna do. Exactly. <laughs> you can stand, you can stand aside, or I can knock you down. Those are your choices. Um, <laughs> I, I heard, I heard Paul Bettany give uh, give an interview, which is really good. It was about how basically it was like his career was over. Oh yes, yes, um, yes. He he was really struggling to get the right roles and to get recognition and to get good starring roles. Mm. And he had this awful interview where, for some reason, whether it was a, a director or a casting director or a casting agent, someone was like yelling at him and saying. Like, you know, they didn't obviously didn't like him and hadn't had an agenda, and were telling him, you know, it's over for you, like your yeah. career's over. You just need to, you know, get out of Hollywood, or whatever. And he steps out onto the street and then gets a phone call, and it's Kevin Feige, and it's it's the voice of Jarvis in Iron Man and stuff, and and obviously that spiral, didn't it, into mm. this? Yeah, I, I remember um, reading that on Facebook. I read, I read about that, and I was like, wow, that is a turnaround. I think the only thing I know him to be is apparently he was in the Dan Brown movie. 
Yeah, he's he's the he's the um oh what do they call them? The monk. Self-flagellating yeah, albino. monk. He's, albino. He's the albino monk, yeah. yeah. I, I won't watch that film because the book was terrible. But anyway, we're not here for that. We're here One of the, the famous man looked at the red <laughs> cup. <laughs> you did not. Genuine, genuine prose from... <laughs> From that novel, I know, but all I can the think of is the Stuart man. Lee bit when he's talking about it. The famous man it's looks at the red cup. brutally bad. It yeah. is. I, I I hate it. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll get back on with the recap, shall I? <laughs> Sorry, that's got me in a tickling fit. <laughs> okay, Wanda, Pietro, and Vision join the Avengers in opposing Ultron and his army of robots. The twins use their powers to shield people caught up in the crossfire of the battle. The Vision confronts his creator and pleads with him to stop all the destruction and take a different path. Ultron tries to kill his creation, and Vision takes the opportunity to hack Ultron's systems and cut off his ability to send his mind into the internet, leaving the creature with no escape route. The battle seemingly overwhelms Wanda, and Hawkeye takes her off the battlefield and into an abandoned building to hide. Wanda is overcome with guilt and fear about what she has helped helped happen to her country. Hawkeye tells her that she can either stay safe and hide until it's all over, or she can rejoin the battle and become an Avenger. Her confidence restored, Wanda begins using her powers to rip apart Ultron's robots. The combined might of the Avengers is able to destroy huge amounts of the robot drones. The Avengers begin to evacuate the people of Sokovia, leaving Wanda behind to protect the deadly device Ultron created to destroy the country. The Vision breaks. Sorry, the Vision fights Ultron in the sky and uses his Mind Stone to deliver a devastating blast to his body. On the brink of defeat, Ultron lashes out with one final attack, raining bullets down on evacuees. To shield Hawkeye and a young boy from the attack, Quicksilver runs and su- at super speed and throws his own body into the path of bullets, dying in the process. Did you see uh, this death coming here? I no, I didn't see the death coming because I, I was thinking they're, they're turning to the good guys now. They're definitely gonna need someone who's really good at jogging. Oh God! I was like, he's 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 he's, he's gonna be he's gonna be all right. He's gonna be all right. This extremely fast man. I actually could see them dying, but both of them. Oh, okay. I, it just it again. It, it's that it's that thirty thirty plus years of, of 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 the characters. You know, they are they're not always teamed together at all. You know, they, they get away from that in the comics, but they're just so linked. I, I, it is so common in these sixties Avengers stories to kind of have someone start as a as a bad guy change their mind at the last minute and help, and then die straight away. That is absolute early Marvel trope. And I could really have seen that mm. happening. Um, and I thought it would... It would. I, I remember in sitting in the th- cinema thinking, that would also mean they don't have to spend any more time on these really complicated characters that have, like, X-Men ties, but not... But, but they're mutants, but they're not. You know what I mean? I just felt, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, wrap it up nicely... So I, I kind of, I didn't expect a death, but once I saw Pietro die, I thought Wanda was going to die. Really did. I, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm trying to think of what my expectations are now because, I, as you know, I go in the, seeing these films 
with only a film fan's expectations of narrative yeah. and the way it works. Yeah. So I, I don't know how it's going to be. And I know they're going to be trying to get some difference to the comic book. So I, I didn't know what to expect. I, didn't know, I, I knew they'd beat Ultron and I expected them to at least bring one of these people back. But I was hoping it'd be both because that guy is pretty fast. Yeah, but he doesn't say anything in the whole movie, does he? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I a mean, big clue. That's a big clue. There's no connection to him, is there? If you if you actually think if we think about it now in hindsight, Wanda's got all the lines. I guess she's coming back. Mm. He he doesn't get to say a huge amount, does he? This is true. Um, this is true. I um, I again, I really liked that Vision. Like before he does anything, he's basically pleading with Ultron mm. to stop. Um, he doesn't want to fight him. Doesn't want to kill him. I I thought that was a uh, a good approach. Quite quite Doctor Whovian. Do- Doctor Whovian. It is. It is. It is. He's taking the diplomatic route first, but of course, Ultron is a terrible thing. So there we go. Shall I get back to the last bit? The- we- yes. Good idea. Last bit. Of the recap now. Last bit. Of the recap. Before we get onto some questions. So, sensing her brother's death, Wanda is overcome with grief and rage. Her emotions increase her powers and she immediately wipes out the dozens of robots she is fighting. Wanda abandons her post to seek revenge, finding Ultron alone and badly damaged. Ultron tells Wanda if she doesn't flee the floating city, she'll be killed when it crashes to the ground. Wanda tells Ultron that that she died with her sorry, Wanda tells Ultron that died with her brother. She died with that her that she brother. died with her brother and then uses her powers to rip out his heart and crush it. Because she abandoned her post, one of Ultron's drones was able to activate the device and send the city hurtling out of the sky. Trapped inside the city, Wanda seemingly accepts her fate before being rescued at the last minute by the Vision, who flies her to safety. With the disaster averted, Vision confronts the last robot drone, which now has Ultron's mind inside it. Ultron mocks Vision, calling a slave built, calling a slave, calling a slave built by Tony Stark. The Vision says that they are both disappointments to their creators and then destroys Ultron with a blast from his Mind Stone. At the end of the movie, we see that both Wanda and Vision have joined the new Avengers, along with Falcon and War Machine, under the guidance of Captain America and Black Widow. I wasn't too sure about the two deaths of Ultron, I must admit. Which two? And you couldn't quite... Mm, you mean the two, the, the two deaths? So the final one, Wanda, and the heart rip. Wanda rips the heart out, mm. and, and you go, yeah, she... She should have killed him because he killed her brother. And then he's still alive and then Vision kills him. You go, oh, no, actually, yeah, I suppose it does make more sense that he kills him. Like, it felt like there wasn't a definitive... I, I think it's basically doing doing both sides at once. Like, we want, it, we want to feel yeah. Wanda's being fulfilled, Vision's being fulfilled. They're both fulfilled in their own different ways. She's got revenge and he's fulfilled his mission. Yeah. 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 So it's both things... Oh, both things at once. So I moved my thing. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not too sure about. <laughs> we, um, you know, heroically speaking, we are. The story is rewarding Wanda for seeking bloodthirsty revenge. I'm not sure how much of a hero's journey that is. Well, um, it was a twin brother, and it's a robot. I think that's fine. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's an excuse. I, I think, think that's, that's a proviso. Um, I, I think. <laughs> are you telling me it would have been different if the villain was human? Yes. If the villain, if the villain was human in this kind of thing, she wouldn't have ripped his heart out. Oh, oh, 
Are you telling me it would have been right to, or she would have? Either. Either. <laughs> I Would she have done it? The answer is 100% yes. Oh, yeah, she would, she would have done it, but... Um, she would have done it. Whether right. it would have been so... right, there's a whole load of other uh, qualified things. But I, th- I, I don't know. I, I kind of support heart-ripping in case of sibling murder. And that quote well, will you... come to haunt me one day. I, I, don't, I don't know if you get to be an Avenger. <laughs> I don't know what? if you're allowed to do that. Yeah. What, I, I agree yeah. with violence? <laughs> no, murder people. For revenge, um, and I, I think that there's, there's somehow something much much cleaner about like vision taking this approach of you're so you're so awful for 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 everyone in the world we have to eliminate you and Wanda going into a rage abandoning her post <laughs> and just ripping a dude's heart out. Um, I, I, I suppose what is interesting about how we are progressing with this is. And I, oh, this feels a bit weird to, to, to say. This is how she is portrayed, though, in both. Is, is how, how, um, how much her emote. The reason I'm, I'm, I'm slightly cautious about saying this is because I'm, I'm trying to not say, mm. um, an emotional woman, but it's kind of written, it's kind of written like that in the movies and, and in the comics to a certain extent, you know. Um, her emotion makes her more powerful. Her emotion is deciding, you know, is overriding her decisions. And when you compare that to some of the other male characters in this, those aren't quite being presented in the same way. Well, but apart I think from it's Bruce interested. Um, sure, yeah. Um, but even that is always portrayed as being out of his control. You know, he's given like a pass. Hmm. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, you, it, the the it, the criticism of, of Hulk would never be he's too emotional, <laughs> but it would definitely be of Wanda. Yeah. Um, and I, I I think that's that's quite interesting. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know what's coming in in One Division. I haven't seen it, but I I kind of know Wanda's comic book history, and I know what happens when she gets emotional. Her powers are. A problem. Um, so similar it's again, all... similar to Jean Grey. Mm, no. Great. Nope. I don't know anything again. No. W- listen, we have got the Phoenix Saga to come. <laughs> well, actually, 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 you know what? In 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 all the yeah, in all the adapted versions, you are correct. In the comic books, no. Oh, okay. We'll, there we go. We'll deal with that when we when we delve into the Phoenix Saga. It was me um, that was right. It was them that were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am relieved of all burden. What? How do you feel about the new Avengers and and Wonder? And, do you think Wonder and Vision have earned their place on this team? Well, we've already established that Vision has through a very embarrassing conversation. <laughs> um, definitely, Vision is highly powered and trustworthy. Which is what you... He's basically a, 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 a nuclear missile that you can happily lend your cat. Is Wanda highly powered and trustworthy? I mean, highly powered does not need to be considered because Falcon's on the team. So I think you, yeah. you don't, it doesn't matter if you're highly powered or not. Yes. Is Wanda so, trustworthy? I've got a jetpack and Uzis. That's my superpower. Uh, I think Wanda is trustworthy. She's proven herself. But not as trustworthy as Vision, because he's like a gold standard of trustworthiness. He's like he's like <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> he's extremely trustworthy. I, 
Or Mr. Motivator. I, I think I think Wanda's on the team because they feel bad about her brother dying. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. She say they say they say people in that train, and I think Cap's. A, you know what? You shouldn't. Uh, you, you you really sh- Captain America's like Dumbledore. You shouldn't like question his decisions, really. Mm. Um, in terms of the in the context of the story, it should be if Captain America says you're a okay, you're a okay. But I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I would have put either cat. I mean, I wouldn't have put Wanda or Pietro on my on my team. I, I if I need them in that fight in that moment, sure. But after the fact, I would have thought I don't know if you can trust you with government secrets. Maybe after months of counselling and some very good background months, checking, months of counselling. Yeah, they um, can afford I, ultra counselling, overclock the therapy. I really feel bad for Ultron uh, for Vision. Sorry, Vision. Okay. Like Vision is a is is a brand new life form. Yeah. He can do anything, and he's learning how to be human. And he lives on a military base and has a job straight away. <laughs> like I would have been like, you should you should go check out India. It's really cool, or South America, or there's loads of go, go to Paris. There's some pretty great places to take a look at. <laughs> and he's like, I live here in this military base. Yeah, but he's, with these five people, he's above that. He's above petty. Gorking. Petty? Petty the, gorking. The splendors of the world. Splendors. No, man. The, the guy can fly in space. He, he doesn't need Instead, what, when, when we see him later on, he's learning how to be human, and it's stuff like knock on a door to come in. Like, F that. He should be flying up Mount Kilimanjaro. He should be delving to the bottom of the ocean. He, like, like that's, that's, that is the, the world for him to explore. And so he's like, uh, oh, wait, so... Okay, okay, I need to go back out and knock. Okay. Like, jeez, it's not a sitcom. The first <laughs> holiday I see Vision on is Edinburgh. And I, I, I have mixed feelings <laughs> about that. Cause it's, Very it's true. Definitely not during be- the fringe. Oh, beautiful city. Oh, it's beautiful a be- city. Beautiful city. My other half uh, lived, went to uni there and told me how great it is. And I will go there <coughs> when the fringe isn't on one day. So let's, let's think final thoughts about mm. Wonder and Vision uh, phase two. Um, I I think there I think um, there are with Wanda enough signal enough like signifiers along the way to point at at this being this this new character being an issue <laughs> in the future. <laughs> I, I I I really really feel there's a lot of that um, impetuous. Not thinking things through. I, I hate to be a man saying emotional about a female character, but I think that is how it is intended to be written, mm. um, and not always in control of her powers, which is very interesting as we go forward. How about you? I uh, I don't know. I I I, I, I I'm just looking forward to see what they do with all Marvel stuff. To be honest. Because this is this, this, this comes back. This comes back to my expectations of what they do, and you know me. You've 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 read the comics. I have no expectations apart from I've seen what they can do. I I my mind is open, a blank slate. Yeah, I have yeah, no okay, guiding yeah. path on what what's going to happen next. Yeah, I I know it's such a rubbish answer. I know it's such. No, a- I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah, <clears throat> um, y- 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 yeah. You you are excited for what's going to come rather ex- than reflective. I'm, the thing is with this is I'm excited for what's going to come as well, but I'm also very worried 
that the peak is going to pass and the standards are going to drop at some point. And I'm I'm like, I've been waiting for that to happen for so long now, and I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, but now. no, but but we're only talking about phase two at the moment. Okay, we're talking about we phase we're two. We're deep okay. diving into Wonder and Vision in phase two. Wonder and Vision phase. Um, yeah, after after phase two, I was thinking, yeah, I I, I want I want to see what happens next. Although this is the thing, I got used to the Avengers being like these guys yeah. and now they've got, I've yeah. got these guys who are a bit weirder and a bit more different i'm like this is a new adjustment so for me you're experiencing exactly what the the readers were experiencing in the 1960s when stan did the same thing there we go he ditched he ditched all the popular characters and brought in you know what felt like second stringers third stringers you know it, um, yeah it's basically like a Japanese RPG where you swap your characters over so the other ones could have more experience. It's exactly like... I'm so glad you said it before I did, Will, because <laughs> that was right on the tip of my tongue. That was for both um, of the people who listen to a podcast who get that. <laughs> the deeper dive into Wonder and Vision Phase 2, and, and now this is gets to the part where we... We're able to tackle these questions that everyone's got about Wanda and Vision from WandaVision um, that Will's had. Will is the man that's watched WandaVision, to reiterate. Mm-hmm. I haven't. He, Will has watched WandaVision but never read a comic, Marvel comic. I've read all Marvel comics. Not really. I've read <laughs> a lot of Marvel comics, and I've, but I have yet to see WandaVision. Hopefully that keeps this spicy and alive but this is the part that that that, that you may contain spoilers. The Will's questions are written to ask me about what happens in the comic books. Will is not asking me or telling me about WandaVision. But by virtue of him asking some questions, you may consider that a spoiler. Oh, now I know there's a character called Fred in it. So, you know, be cautious going forward in this. But if you've already delved into WandaVision and enjoyed yourself uh, and enjoyed it and you want to get to the bottom of some of these burning questions, we can't tell you what's going to happen in the show, but I can tell you what happened in the comic books that may have inspired this. So, Will, you've got the questions, my brother. What do I you s- want to know? I'm so glad we got questions and that you're not asking me of my opinion on the show because I got into a few arguments. <laughs> okay, straight to the questions. So, uh, in the comic books, do Wanda and Vision ever get together and get married? We talked about them having their own uh, uh, limited series, comic book series, uh, Mm. for a couple of times. But yeah, uh, they do. In 1975, they do get married. Um, A culmination of the romance subplot that had been going on in the Avengers. how do you think the wedding goes, Will? Uh, he walks through the cake. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, it starts with Wanda's been kidnapped by Dormammu, who we'll see in Doctor Strange. Oh, got, Dormammu. She's Jeez. trapped in the dark dimension. The Vision goes to rescue her, frees her, and he's kind of overwhelmed with emotion and proposes, and they go immediately to get married, straight away, um, in Vietnam. Oh, that's the wrong uh, the, V you go to, you go to to get married straight away. The wrong V. The, the Vietnam, uh, sorry, the Avengers are all in Vietnam from a previous adventure. They actually have a double wedding because there's two other people there associated with the Avengers slash kind of sort of Avengers 
who are about to get married as well. So, um, Mantis is there. Ah, Mantis. From Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes. Very different, very different. We'll get to all the differences. Mantis in, in, in the 616... Decree believe her to be the celestial Madonna. They believe she's destined to give birth to a cosmic saviour. Mm. Um, you know, a cosmic messiah. Yeah. She is there to get married to the dead body of a supervillain called the Swordsman, whose dead body has been possessed and reanimated by an alien race of plants called the Koatai. Um, she is destined to marry the, the Koatai and give birth to the Celestial Messiah. So saith the Cree. So that's what Mantis is doing. So, uh, wait a minute. Just a second. Just a second. So yeah. that's the first double wedding. That's the first bit of the double wedding. Yeah. And, and the second and part th- is a... Um, <laughs> Vision. And Vision's there. Vision and Wanda, they're going, how the hell are we supposed to follow this? <laughs> this is Vi- mental. Vision and wonder are the no- a mutant and a robot are the normal part of the wedding. <laughs> We're the boring couple, <laughs> and the, the wedding is the wedding is presided over by a time traveling being called Immortus, mm. and the wedding is interrupted by Kang the Conqueror, who is also the time traveling being known as Immortus, but just further in the future. No, no, Immortus is further in the future. Kang is earlier in the timeline. So Amortis is running the wedding, and then his past self, Kang the Conqueror, interrupts the wedding. It's a whole thing. So he got into wedding planning in between conquering. No, Amortis has to ensure the Celestial Madonna (laughs) is wed to the Koatati to give birth to a celestial messiah. I must make sure the messiah is born at this, at this most sacred occasion. Can these guys also get married? Yeah, sure, stick them on at the sure. end. Stick yeah. them on at the end. I've, I've got the license. No, double wedding is both at the same time, mate. You don't oh. do one after the other. You have two couples. You do it both at the same time. He's got the license. He's paid his quid. Crack on. Just don't breathe in near the corpse. That's all I say. <laughs> So that's that one solved. That's that question answered. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you got another question for me, Will. All I'm going to say is they better be as interesting as that one. Otherwise, we shot our load early on because that was brilliant. Um, okay. Do Wanda and Vision ever live in a kind of idyllic suburban life like an old 50s sitcom? Does that ever happen? That's interesting because, of course, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the trailer. So mm. I've seen images that look like "I Dream of Jeannie" or I love Lucy. the early, early Bewitched. Yeah. Really, um, the, the, the answers, the answers, uh, complicated. The answer at that will is sort of, but not really. Um, so in in that nineteen eighty five, Steve. Uh, Engelhart series. He he writes Wonder and Vision, the volume two of their of their of their kind of series, the the, the later one that he writes. Mm. It's very much about the two of them and and their their domestic lives, sort of. And they they have event, you know, things happen to them. Quite big things happen to them, but they quit the Avengers and they spend like a year away from the team, just doing their own comic book. And it's about 
where it's about the, the, where they live. They live together. It's domestic. They have friends and neighbors. Admittedly, the friends and neighbors are retired magicians. But <laughs> you know, so, so fun comic book stuff does happen. But they are living a domestic life. I don't think it's suburb. I'm fairly certain they still live in Manhattan. Yeah, they do live in Manhattan still. But yeah, stuff happens. But it is. A, it's it's a it's a quite a light hearted series. There's a lot of hope. In that, st- when Steve Englehart is writing, there's a lot of, a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, it's not compared to what it's a, compared to something I'm about to talk about, Will. Yeah, there's a lot of hope. Um, when John Byrne gets hold of them, <laughs> what what really struck me from the trailers though is Vision mm. dressed like a '50s suburban husband and father, because yeah. that is is very much like a celebrated. Vision miniseries written by Tom King just a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, that that's, that Vision series has been cited by Kevin Feige as as inspiration for WandaVision. So that's interesting. That series doesn't really feature Wanda, but it sort of does. So Vision decides to literally build himself a family. He uses Wanda's brain patterns and creates a female synthetic version of himself yeah. with Wanda's brain patterns. Oh, wow. Um, Virginia. So that when we say brain patterns, we're not talking memories, yeah? We're not talking a clone. We're talking the way they think, the way they are, what makes yes. them them, yes. but without the memories, yeah. Yes. Um, so Virginia... Is is the is the female synthetic, and two synthetic children, based on a combination of Vision's brain waves and Virginia's brain patterns, Viv and Vin, mm. and he also creates a synthetic dog, which also has a V name and I can't remember it. Um, Vision retires from active duty with the Avengers and gets a desk job. <laughs> uh, he he works as. The uh, they they live in Washington, and he works as uh, Avengers liaison to the White House. He works a nine to five. He commutes in a. I think he commutes in a. Does he commute in a car? Or does he fly there? Anyway, mm. he works a nine to five. He comes home and he lives in the suburbs with his family. It is a brilliant series. It's really so well written, so good. Um, they try really hard not to freak out the neighbours, despite the fact they're all bright red-skinned <laughs> and, ro- and robots. The two kids go to school and have their own problems with bullying and trying to fit in and be cool. They go to a restaurant as a family, and they order food, and they sit down in front of the food, and they pay for the food. They don't eat, because <laughs> they're robots, and they tip they tip generously. It's a social thing. They're supporting. They they literally say it's important to support the local business. Yeah. It's important for us to socialize as a family, and people get to used to see our big red faces. But it's but it's almost like he's going through the motions of being in a family for the sake of it. Yeah, it is. It's. I mean, it's it is. It's, it's it's quite. It's quite endearing, but sadly hollow. Yes, I- and. Then there's the other side of the coin. Mm. We all know from David Lynch what happens with <laughs> idyllic suburban fifties, you know, fifties yep. style. The American dream. There is an underbelly. Mm. There is something very, very wrong with Virginia. 
mm. and things start to ter- take a a, a, a a dark turn quite quite sharply. It is a fantastic miniseries. I would go so far as to say I think it is a perfect miniseries. I don't think there's a single thing wrong with it. It's beautiful. It, there's, there's two two miniseries, both written by Tom King. Um, it's 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 really good. So that influence is really interesting, especially since Wanda's technically not in it. I, I like that. I, I, I really want to say, oh, I'll, I'll look forward to reading that. I can't. And thank you so much for uh, mentioning David Lynch because there have been I'm, I'm on I'm on the Twin Peaks groups on, on Facebook and they have been talking about One Division and the comparisons of David Lynch with it as well. I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that is David Lynch's shtick, isn't it? Taking something nice and sweet and idyllic in 50s and finding the dark underside, he tends to do that with a lot of things. Um, uh, well, when it, w- w- suburban, suburban, um, suburban Americana idyllic, it's just mm. blue velvet. Um, th- you, I Twin think Peaks. He, he's, um, yeah, I don't think that's quite. Yeah, small town and suburban are slightly different, mm. but yeah, he he. Writ large, it's the it's the it's the underbelly mm. of what looks fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I'm a big Lynch fan, and I I love that. Okay, so my next question: Is there any Marvel character that can trap people inside TV shows? It's an interesting question we got there. That's mm. someone going, trying to go right to the. I again, I there is there is, but it's not not. Well, no, there is an adventurous connection. Okay. There's an X-Men villain, primarily an X-Men villain, called Mojo. Ah. From a different dimension. Yep, yep, yep. I remember from the cartoon series. Yeah, Mojo is one of the spineless ones. So it's an alien race that is literally immobile without advanced exoskeleton technology. They cannot stand up. They can only... Sit on sofas and armchairs. Stop me anytime you see, you know, critique being used in this, uh, in the, in these cat character. Um, Man, so heavy handed or what? That is the spineless ones are literally a race of giant overweight couch potatoes, mm. um, and they're ruled by by Mojo. Mojo is a slaver. It's a slave world, and he's a dictator. He rules Mojoverse. Because all the spineless ones, the couch potatoes, are addicted to his reality television shows, mm. which are like gladiator shows. Um, the, he, is, he is an absurdist parody of network executives. It's <laughs> glorious. Yeah. And all the characters in Mojoverse have their eyelids pinned open, clockwork orange style. All of, all of the spineless ones are like that. Um, so they can never stop watching television. Um, Mojo numerous times has warped realities and warped superheroes' memories, putting the Avengers and the X-Men into absurd, dangerous situations to create TV shows for the entertainment of of his citizens. I don't know if that sounds in any way familiar to people listening, but there we go. He, 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 He turned... The Avengers into rival teen gangs at one stage. He turned the X-Men into X-Babies. And he <laughs> sent 
Spider-Man and Wolverine both back to try and live in prehistoric times for a superpowered version of Survivor to see which one would kill the other first or who would be able to survive, you know, hypothermia and fight dinosaurs and stuff. So yeah, that's Mojo. That's what he does. Yep. That, yeah, I, I I definitely remember that. So next question: Can Wanda bring people back from the dead? Ooh, a lot bit, of people are asking this one. Yeah, um, she's definitely done it. Oh, so uh, we need to talk about Wonder Man. Wonder Vision's Man. brain. Vision's brain patterns are based on Simon Williams, Wonder Man, um, a a superpowered villain created by Baron Zemo or Zemo <laughs> to infiltrate the Avengers and help destroy them. Sound sound like Vision yet? <laughs> um, but at the last minute, he turns on his evil creator, Baron Zemo. Mm. And and helps the Avengers. Exactly the Vision's origin. And he sacrifices his life to save the Avengers, though. Mm. Um, and because of that... Because Tony Stark thinks he's God. And because Tony Stark lives with no consequences. <laughs> he, he records Wonder Man's brain patterns and stores them on a device. And leaves them lying around Avengers Mansion. Which is how Ultron gets hold of Simon Williams' brain patterns. And uses them to create the Vision. Mm. Um, but Wonder Man isn't actually dead. Um, his 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 physiology, his biology has been altered so much by whatever Baron Zemo did to to make him superhuman. Um, it meant that he he never he it, it appeared that he was dead, but he, he wasn't. He was just kind of uh, asleep. No, he, he was kind of suspended animation, comatose, that kind of thing. When he comes back from the dead. That's when he discovers, you know, that his brain has been used to kind of map and create the vision, and they have this weird stepbrother relationship kind of thing. Mm. But he also has a relationship with Wanda, and he's in love with her, and they have a very strong, quick love affair. Then he dies for real. Ooh. Uh, not a human death like before, which is being like stabbed or shot or something. He is fully disintegrated. He is atomized. He is disintegrated. <laughs> he is blasted into nothingness. Now Simon Williams, he, he's given. It's an. It's a, he, he's empowered by something called ionic energy, which is mm. a sci-fi thing. Which that that energy gives him is what gives him super strength and speed, why he can fly and all that kind of stuff. But this time, there's no body left. He's not in a coma or suspended animation. His body was disintegrated. There is no body left. Wanda grieves really hard for Simon. And then the next time she's in serious danger and she tries to use her superpowers to save herself, she accidentally summons him from the dead. Now, as a being composed of that same energy, that ionic energy. Hmm. So he has no, he's not flesh and blood. He's like a purple and red energy being and he appears and he saves her and then he disappears again and she is freaked out and and so from that point on uh wonder man uh only ever appears when wonder is in danger like a genie and he's <laughs> he is brightly colored made of energy and he saves her and stuff when she starts to master more of this chaos magic 
she's able to stabilise him. And he becomes an independent life form of some kind. He's no longer t- attached and tied to her. And and yeah, so she 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 did. She brought him back from the dead. Um to some extent. Wow. Yeah. I mean I mean that that yeah. counts, but it's like not the kind of resurrection I was thinking of. Okay, here's an interesting one. Does the name Sword mean anything in the comic book? I gather uh I gather yeah, that this this, uh, this this has been asked a few times, so I gather this crops up more than once. In the comic books, sword is an opposite number to shield. Ooh, evil shield. No. Oh, good. Oh. Like the CIA and the NSA. Oh, okay, that or, makes sense. MI5 sword and MI6. is Sentient World Observation and Response Department. They are like S.H.I.E.L.D., but exclusively for alien threats and extraterrestrial issues. They operate out of the peak, which is like a Babylon 5-style space station in in orbit. Um, Introduced by uh, Joss Whedon uh, in his astonishing X-Men run in 2004. A really, really great concept, because it makes perfect sense that the Marvel Universe should have this. Right, all the aliens that are everywhere, the alien invasions, the ones that are just wandering around, the aliens that are on every super team, you know, the alien technology that's been left over. Like CIA and Interpol are pretty busy. <laughs> of course, there should be like a dedicated <laughs> intelligence agency just for aliens. Um, great concept. They're yeah. ran by a, a great so, character and- called. Sorry. So I was going to say, yeah, they they need an organisation for aliens and SETI, very underpowered. <laughs> SETI? Set, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. They're a real-world yeah, organisation. Nev- never heard of it. They are a real thing. They are a real thing. But it'd be like, yeah, we can't send them. Their, their budget's so low, they can't even afford a handgun, let alone a <laughs> space station and troops. Yeah, in, 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 in a Marvel Universe, though, that's what yeah. you need, isn't it? You need to have... Something with a bit of a bigger budget. Um, Sword are ran by a great character called Abigail Brand, who badass with bright green hair. She's in a fun relationship with uh, Beast from the X-Men. Oh, um, nice. Especially during a time when he was very animalistic looking, more than ever before. And he was very self-conscious about this, because he'd just been dumped, because he mutated even further. And his girlfriend dumped him, and made public comments about it starting to feel like bestiality, and it absolutely broke his heart. Yeah, um, really, really affected him. And so then he meets Abigail Brand, and the fact that he is looks more and more like Sully from Monsters Inc. doesn't bother her in the slightest. She she basically says something around the lines of, "I work with aliens uh, every day. I have a very different approach to dating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I dig the claws and the fangs. Let's do this." Um, so yeah, that's that's sword. I like that. Okay, cool. This sounds really dumb. This next question goes, but oh, okay. here we go. Well, you're you're there going. Well, fill my boots, sunshine. We've had nearly two hours of it. Over two hours of dumbness. Um, are beekeepers significant in the comics? <laughs> We've done this already. We talked about the beekeepers. We probably have. I can't remember. 
big yellow beekeeper looking dudes are Hydra. AIM. No, AIM. AIM. What's AIM? The Advanced Idea Mechanics. They dress in what look like beekeeper suits, but are but are but are kind of like yellow, but they're kind of like radiation protective clothing. Um, ah. They're a great they're a great Jack Kirby design to create faceless, nameless henchmen for Captain America to punch ad nauseum. Um, yep. Yeah. I thought that's what Hydra wore. They wore the yellow beekeeper like suits. No. Oh. No. No. Wow. No, 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 no. Okay. Hydra wear green jumpsuits with a yellow Hydra on them, or sometimes no Hydra on them. They wear they've got they've got these weird green masks with yeah. kind of red or yellow eye bit. You no. Know. Okay. Okay. I've got Aim, that wrong in the past. But this is where you'll be confused. Aim started off like the science wing of Hydra. Right. That makes sense then. Because they were a, like yeah, in a Lego game, they used those. They used the Aim uniform when you'll have you have to fight Hydra. Right. right that makes sense. They're, they're like Hydra's uh, R and D department. The, the Hydra nerds. Yeah. And then over time, they broke away from Hydra, and they formed their own outfit, who would sell super science weapons to. Hydra and to any terrorist or criminal organization that wants to blow up Manhattan or whatever. Mm. And then after a while, they decided that instead of selling their weapons to other people who want to take over the world, we could just keep our weapons and then we could take over the world. And it invariably doesn't go very well for them because they're usually a bunch of nerds. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have, they don't, they don't, they, they, they create Modoc. Oh, and, um, he was created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was created. We'll talk about that when we handle Captain the uh, Iron Man cast. Yeah, you know, Iron Man in the next episode yeah. featuring lots of Modoc. Very excited about that. I I've got so um, much to say about him. Uh, actually, <laughs> I, I I've been catching up on all the Simpsons recently. I'm now up to date. I've seen every single episode, and they've got a few involving comic book guy. One they go to Comic Con. The guy who walks past him is wearing a Modoc costume. And I spotted him immediately went, no, they did not just do that. <laughs> yeah. It's a deep pull. They, 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 they did uh, a lot of it, deep references in that episode. But yeah, next question. Does Wanda ever use her powers without knowing it subconsciously? Without, you know. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Avengers disassembled. Uh, the entire team is torn apart on the worst day in Avengers history. And it's all Wanda's doing. And we're going to cover that in detail on our House of M Patreon bonus episode. There's a lot to get into. It's very exciting. (laughs) Um, It ties ties her whole past together. Very cool. Can't wait. That sounds really good. Cannot wait. Okay, this brings us on to the final question. Does Wanda ever have children? A lot of people asked this one. Mm. A lot of people came in with this one. Um, yes is the answer. With Vision, who is a robot. <laughs> there was a Simpsons meme I shared where it just showed Wanda Vision and it just showed the line that's, that Homer says after. Careful, this... careful. No, no, it's no spoiler. It's no spoiler. Okay, okay. He, carry on. He just said. <laughs> 
the line after he he, he, he hears, hears the term artificial insemination for the first time. And he just goes, <laughs> you got to be pretty desperate to make it with a robot. <laughs> uh, and I was like, yay! Well, yeah, that's the interesting thing posed by Steve Angel Hart in, in, in his 1985 series um, about the Scarlet Witch and, and, and Vision. Yeah. Being being married and, and trying to settle down and have a have a home life and this is really in this series the first time that the idea starts to form that Wanda's powers can alter reality. Right. Before that, it had always been that she can curse someone with bad luck. That's mm. it. Hex bad luck power. You're gonna fall over. Your gun misfires. Whatever. But Angel Hart introduced the idea that that in itself is essentially changing reality. Yes, on a very small scale. But if you're if you weren't meant to fall over and then you fall over out of nowhere, reality has been altered. That's mm. what's just happened. Uh, during the series, Wonder and, and, and Vision lament that they can't. They're happy, but they they they're married, but they they're settled down. They can't have kids. Um, and Wonder starts to wonder about whether she can give herself good luck instead of bad luck. Whether she can alter reality in her favor. Hmm. And then Wonder's witch mentor, Agatha Harkness. Is kidnapped and murdered by a twisted cult of mystics um, operating out of Salem. And Ooh. they drain all of Agatha's power. Now, Agatha Harkness, who is this frail old woman, who was also uh, nanny to Franklin Richards, who is Mr. Fantastic's invisible, invisible woman's son, she worked as a nanny for the Fantastic Four. Um, she's an, a frail old lady. She is older than the fall of Atlantis. Ooh. <laughs> she has vast mystical abilities, and this cult tried to drain all of her power for evil. I'm really glad so she Wanda, was qualified to be a nanny, though. Yeah, absolutely. So Wanda intercepts the mystic power and starts redirecting it away from the cult mm. and back out into nature. Ooh. Uh, but she's really struggling to contain and channel the power. And the Vision, basically, he, he helps her the only way he can. He he holds her, and he comforts her, and he talks her through the pain and the focus. Mm. Um, and that's when the ghost of Agatha Harkness appears to Wanda, and not in these words, but basically says, why not keep some of this magic for yourself, love? <laughs> Use it to do something that you've always wanted, hint, hint. And then she kind of, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi's away. <laughs> uh, so this combination, Wanda combines this vast mystical energy with Vision's loving support to basically create two children mm. um, within herself. And she gives birth to William and Thomas, um, sometimes called Billy and Tommy. Mm. But once writer John Byrne comes on board with Avengers West Coast, he doesn't like this idea at all. So in much the same way that he dismembers Vision and has all his personality taken away, he's equally brutal with Wanda's children. Um, so there's this super 
weird demon villain called Master Pandemonium. Right. Who was a normal human that made a deal with the devil, Mephisto, mm. uh, was betrayed and turned into this, this, this disturbing, disgusting... Like, he's basically a big house for demon souls to live in. Mm. He has this horrid hole in his chest in the shape of a pentagram Oof. that he can summon... Demons can come crawling out of it. Um to do things for him but he's trapped with all these soul demon souls living in him he attacks the west coast avengers and he he sucks the two infant children inside his demon hole That is the worst <laughs> phrased sentence of the history of this entire podcast. How else am I meant to say it? He sucks two children into his demon hole. Stop it. Demon Stop hole it. We'll be kicked off iTunes. <laughs> That's what he does. He's master pandemonium. <laughs> then he sucks two kids in his demon hole. I can't get around the facts. Oh, okay. God. Oh, God. And after he, he has done that to two children, Mephisto appears and reveals that Wanda's children are not real. Oh. They were never real. They were only ever figments, fragments of Mephisto's soul that had gone missing, captured by Wanda's magic and kind of her imagination her, her she wanted children so much she turned fragments of mephisto's soul into two children mm. this entire thing is so goddamn traumatic for wanda that agatha harkness's ghost appears again and basically men in blacks her wipes the entire memory of the event from her mind and tells all the other avengers to never mention it again on pain of torture because it will just mess her up so John Byrne does not like this idea of wonder and vision having kids so he he just eliminates it from from the stories and makes makes it so wonder doesn't remember it and no one else ever talks about it and the kids are gone and actually they weren't gone they were never real oh, that's cruel yeah, it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but it was never reversed. Mm. So there we go. Yeah. Okay, that's all the questions I have. I'm pretty satisfied. Ooh, there is one last question. No. That might not be on your document. Is that not on your document? No, it's not on my document. That's right. Uh, that's right, okay. listeners at home. We use documents. We use documents. <laughs> and, and, and spreadsheets. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the last question I was asked was sent in it's in the comic books is Wanda able now it looks like I'm asking you the question <laughs> uh, Will in the comic books is Wanda able to create different worlds or realities uh, I don't know shall I ask you the question in reverse <laughs> see how that works um, the, the, an- the answer is yes okay uh, one time one time the Avengers found themselves in a world that was America, but it was also medieval England. And they'd all been turned into knights of the round table, and they were all struggled to remember the real lives. 
And that time, uh, the sort of Arthurian sorceress Morgana Le Fay had kidnapped Wanda and kind of forced her to combine their magics to reshape the world into this kind of King Arthur medieval land. Massive uh, renaissance fair, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and then years later, after the Avengers had been destroyed and her best friends killed and it was all her fault... A group of superheroes are making a big decision about what to do with Wanda. Because she went completely off the books, off the rails, and multiple people are dead. And they have a very big decision to make about this because of how powerful she is. Uh, She's in a comatose state. The large group of superheroes are on their way to deal with Wanda in whatever way they they decide. And before they even get to her comatose body, the entire world goes white and blanks out of existence. And in its place stands a world where mutants are the dominant species, humans are about to go extinct... And Magneto is the most powerful political world leader. This is the House of M. Yay! And we will be dealing with all of that in our Patreon episode later this month. And if you're looking for the best kind of Wonder and Vision comics to spin out of this episode to read, to get you in the mood to explore the worlds of Wonder and Vision and Wonder Vision. Um, I got some for you, but I have to admit, it's tricky, man. It is tricky. Uh, one that's easy is, is that that Vision series I highly recommended. That, that it's all about Vision having a suburban life with um, Virginia and, and his robot family. Um, it's called Vision by Tom King. There are two volumes of it, two collections, or you can get. A, a, I think it's called the Complete Vision or the Omnibus, which is mm. I think it's about twenty five pounds. That's both both volumes together. Vision by Tom King, that's really good. I recommend that. I I, I do recommend the Steve Englehart 1985 series because that's got this light-hearted stuff. It, it's the first time you see Wonder and Vision living together and having these adventures that involve witchcraft and stuff. And the kid the, the first time that you know when they have this have kids and all that storyline comes in. That's hard to get hold of though. It's Vision and the Scarlet Witch Volume 2. There's a lot of these collections of Vision, the Wall- Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Some of them are called Saga of Vision and the Scarlet Witch, or Vision and the Scarlet Witch: The Complete Saga and stuff. But they, they, what they really do collect is the marriage uh, from that Avengers issue and the first series of Vision and the Scarlet Witch. The first series is not. I don't think it bears any resemblance to One Division. They're still in the Avengers. They're not. They're not a settled down couple. Steve Englehart isn't writing it. I don't think that's the one that ties in. So if you can, and maybe you have, you better, better, better hope of this uh, abroad in in the Americas. Um, <laughs> look for Vision and Scarlet Witch, Volume Two, written by Steve Englehart. Um, and I'd also recommend if Sword has piqued your interest at all, uh, Kieran Gillen's Sword Collection. Um, Kieran Gillen, uh, born and raised in my hometown. Um, great, great, great writer. 
wrote the X-Men, uh, one of the best X-Men runs in recent memory. His, his collection, if you just if you look for Kieran Gillen's sword, um, it's sometimes called X-Men Sword No Breath at All. Sometimes it's under the X-Men banner. Despite that, the X-Men aren't in it. Beast is in it, but it's all about sword and their extraterrestrial activities. Kieran Gillen's sword, some good stuff there. As ever, we urge you, please do not use Amazon. Uh, the support comic book companies, comic book distributors, support the comic book industry. Use a great online comic book retailer by all by all means. Um, there are great online comic book shops, and then there are bricks and mortar comic book shops in your hometown that will have some ability to um, buy from them, either, either order and get it delivered to you, or click and collect, depending on how the pandemic works for them. Um, but please use them and not Amazon. Amazon do not support comic book distributors, comic book companies, or the comic book industry well yes we have put to bed our deeper dive into wonder and vision um i think that's a great accompaniment to the series without doing any spoilers i really think that i i think we did it right because it's hard to deal with something that's still airing still in the middle yeah coming yeah to screen but i think we, we 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 delved into the histories we took a, a deeper, more, more, a bigger look at the, their, their impact on Phase Two, and then we answered some of those uh, ripe history questions. Um, and and look, there'll be even more. There'll be even more answers uh, to some of the bigger things. Everyone's talking about House of M. We're going to deal with it <laughs> on Patreon. We're going to deal with all of it. Um, head over to Patreon.com/slash/Marvel versus Marvel. And as we mentioned, our next episode will feature me and Will taking a look, uh, returning to the Marvel animated universe of the early 90s and taking a look at the 1994 Iron Man animated series. Thanks for listening to Marvel vs. Marvel. Please take the time to like, rate us, give us a review, subscribe, and hey, why not recommend us to a friend who loves Marvel movies and comics? Join us for the next episode as we take a look at Iron Man, the animated series.